You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 165 of East Central India's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I am joined by uh, co-host Chase Payton, producer Chris Guffey, and back for time number 164 of 165, it's Mr. Dakota Davis. That's right. Today's episode features our very special guest, Mr. Chad Rao, uh, he sometimes introduces himself as Ro, but we are going to call him Rao because we don't want to get him confused with uh, Sean. Rao. Rao. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. So confusing. I, I you know, all you are, all you are last name people. It was, uh, it's was like uh, Kirsten, Kirsten and Kristen's. Oh, that is my, <laughs> that is the end. I can't even begin. So today we're going to be talking to Chad about uh, Underdogs Tattoos. He is a co-owner over there at Underdogs, and he has basically just blown up into stardom. He has definitely put the city of Newcastle on the map. He's the greatest thing to happen to Newcastle since Steve Alford came through here. He he's just he's one of the greatest people. Not to talk you up too much. Say, yeah, you're really uh, like stretching this a little bit. I, I, stardom is is definitely a stretch of the word, but I do appreciate it. But you did tattoo Post Malone. I did. And so that is I, rub, a, I rubbed I rubbed elbows with somebody who who's from Stardom. But yeah, well, um, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna call I, I that checked stardom. he's from Syracuse. No, but wait, <laughs> that is that's the last that is the last story of the night. So you're gonna have to stick around to the very end of the episode if you want to hear that one. And it, it's this is the first time that you've actually told your story. Yeah, outside of the shop. So when I initially like when I when everything happened, I pretty much uh, did not talk to any news outlets, didn't do any kind of interviews or anything like that. Um, and they kind of made up their own stories. So I just posted, if you'd like to hear the story, you can feel free to come in and schedule an appointment or talk to me in the shop. Perfect. So this is my first time. I did a very, very short interview with the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is the first time that I've talked about it on a, I guess, a a radio platform or podcast. I have a story about the Rolling Stone article that you were featured. Okay. And we'll get to that later too. So this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push <laughs> your boundaries and make you think as individuals. We're going to make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. We were still like, in the intro. Sorry, like, Chad. Like who, the hell, <laughs> like who the hell Post Malone is. All right. Uh, Dakota, we got some thank yous. That's right. Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty. That is where you can go to support the show. You can support the show at any level you want to per month. Um, Intern Mason is still supporting the show at a dollar and some change every month. But we encourage $5 a month as a starting point. And you get different rewards for different tiers. You get all kinds of different things. There's a, a stickers that we'll send you in the mail. Uh, I mean, there's there's a whole host of things. But one of the big rewards is if you donate $50 or more a month, then you get a shout out at the front of each and every episode. Those folks are Craig DaCosta from all the way in Hawaii, Chris Lamb, Christy Suck Avery. Suck ass, Christy Avery. 
<laughs> Christy's coming to Newcastle on Thursday, Friday, she Saturday, might, Saturday, Saturday. She might kick your ass. So watch one her. day this week. She <laughs> might come to town three days this week. We don't know. Our favorite car dealer manager. Check out the Patreon for the mm-hmm. story on how John took care of you. Jonathan Phillips, great guy. Any more Buick GMC? Make sure you go see him if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle. He will make sure that you're taken care of. We're tied now. You and I have each bought two vehicles from John. So really? I, I got to get one better than you. And I have to, one. I'll have to trade in again. In <laughs> get, get ahead of me. <laughs> you're the favorite kind. I keep cars a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, uh, yeah. quick, yeah. quick trading. Now that's just the, that's the way it goes this day and age. Um, <laughs> we, we really didn't think ahead whenever we bought the Buick. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we I, listen, sometimes you see a beautiful brand new Buick and you say, I need to have that before I die. I understand. Mm-hmm. Code is the only person I've ever heard say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that car. I did not want to get rid of it. As we were driving out of the parking lot in our brand new Acadia, we drove past it and I was like, I'm going to miss that car. <laughs> it was great. You I loved it. You could have done me a solid and take the hitch off of it and gotten me, given me the hitch. I, I did take the hitch off of it. Can I I'm, it? I'm keeping it. No. Why? I need it for my towing package. Whatever. That won't fit that thing, but it'll perfectly go on my terrain. Oh, no. I didn't take the hitch. It's so, I just took no, the No, you take it. should have taken the whole hitch off. No. I'm going to kick your ass. All no, right. Didn't do that. Who else we got to thank? We got to sell some We stuff. also have the T-Chip stores. That's where you can get your Boss Hog of Liberty merchandise is T-Chip.com. Search BHO01, 2, or 3. Um, they go in tiers. BHO01 is the lowest tier. It's just a basic T-shirt with our logo on it. And then BHO three is our premium Mac team. Daddy. I got right. that in long sleeve black. We even have our slogan on the back of that one. No. Uh, Andrew Lane's favorite podcast. No, local uh, local topic. Wait, what? Local, local stories, national local impact. stories, national impact. God, we should really learn. Our the merch, reason huh? I struggle <laughs> with that is because I redesigned that and came up with it probably fifty times with different words, <laughs> trying to figure out what I thought sounded the best and looked best on on a our advertisements that we put in the LPIN booklets. But anyway, tchip.com slash BHO one, two or three producer. Chris Guffey is going to put the links to those in the live stream chat already on it so that you can uh, click on those and get their easy access. We try to make things easy for you if you're listening. So we are sitting here with, uh, with Chad Rao and uh, Chase Payton's over here. I don't know what Chase is going to do. Everybody's drinking tonight. This is a celebration event here. Uh, Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, it's we're on the downhill slide. Eight more hours, boys. <laughs> Chase has got his Miller Lite tall boy. I brought. I, I just recently got back from, I did venture into Canada, Canada uh, on the boat. You're not allowed to land, but I, was, I did go over on the oh, boat okay. and uh, checked out some Canadian waters, brought back some Labatt's Blue, the mm-hmm. official beer of the Northerners. Uh, you're drinking some sort of a, a bourbon again. You got to give Craig his update on what bourbon you got this week. I'm drinking 10 cup whiskey. That's that's for you, Craig DeCosta in Hawaii. 10 cup is uh, my favorite, my new favorite whiskey. What'd you think of the movie? 10 cup? Yeah. Didn't even know that was Kevin Costner, baby. It's a golf movie. Don Johnson. I've never Bridges. seen it either. I don't sports ball, so I have no idea. I, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, the guy from like. Dances with the Wolves, uh, he's uh, he's in a golf movie. I, love I was Kevin on the Costner, varsity golf team in high school, and I've never seen that movie. Cheech. Cheech Martin's in it. Marin. Oh, Cheech okay. Marin, yeah. yeah sorry, whatever his name is. We have a hard time Cheech. pronouncing names here. Well, we do. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that's the truth. I'm going to be honest. I, I feel like that's uh, in this time of racial sensitivity and understanding other cultures, you probably should not not anglify it to Martin. Cheech Martin. That's his name. <laughs> 
And Chad, what, you're drinking something out of the solo cup too. You, you're you're the wine boozer over here. Yeah, it's classy. It's, Are you uh, a wine guy? I am. I I don't like what, beer myself. What's what's your favorite wine? Um, what I have over here. Uh, let me uh, aerate it a little bit. Uh, this is reggae red from Kroger for like five bucks. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> so it's Chase flat. has got a smile on his face like he's laughing at you. But we found out in Chicago in January that Chase is a wine snob. Chase loves wine. Oh, really? I, I love wine. See, I'm, I, I cannot even consider myself a connoisseur. I just enjoy the taste better than beer. I'm, I, I get like to $12 stuff. Sometimes <laughs> oh. $8. I, I go big. Oh, we are on, classing it up. on the yeah. Grand New York vacation, I bought my first case of wine at a winery. Oliver Red Lime. I also love Oliver. Lime. Oliver is my, my go-to. They have like a, a, like a, I think it's strawberry. I think I think that's the, the, the <laughs> special term for it is strawberry. I the the one of the wineries we went to, uh, I think it was Silver Spring or Spring Creek or Silver Creek or I don't know what. It was very hippie, uh, but there was no spitting allowed at the wine bar. Chase, you would have hated it. You had to if you put it in your mouth, you had to finish it. You had to swallow it all the way. I'm I'm confused. Do you, is that like normal? About these things? Like, no, no. Like sometimes you t- you go to a wine tasting and you don't consume it you just well, why, sw- swish it around that? you get the flavor profile then you spit it out but is that uh, so you don't this, get drunk yeah. or something yeah. yeah you don't want to get yeah. drunk because you that's got the only it. reason i go to those things <laughs> <laughs> so I, we brought you you went last uh, last fall you came to a winery with us yes uh, down in clifty falls and Madison, was miserable Indiana. besides the mead the mead was really good Ooh, the wine was mead. terrible mm. i did three or four uh winery tastings in nashville indiana when I went with my girlfriend and her her friends, and I thought we weren't saying she's your fiance yet. Just just girlfriend. <laughs> just shut up, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the winery testings. I didn't like the whiskey testings. That's where I draw the line. Not a whiskey. I'm not a whiskey guy. You're not. No, I hate it. You know, I used to drink it when I was like, you know, run straight. When, when I was 21, get, I only drank whiskey. When you first yeah. get into college, you drink it because you think, oh, man, that's badass. Yeah. I want And then I once want you actually chest. turn 21 and you can choose what you drink, you're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm went, not doing see, that again. That was I me with vodka. Absolutely. I woke up too many nights yeah. in a cornfield not knowing where I was off vodka, <laughs> so I just decided that I don't like it anymore. I think that's <laughs> that's exactly what my problem was with whiskey. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> choose vodka, but if it's there, I'll drink it. I hate vodka. For the I'm a tequila reason. guy disgusting just I, like irish car bombs can't do those oh anymore. you just can't hang oh, no, Jager bombs. disgusting Jer. whatever yeah. you get you people no they're delicious Th- but they're too dangerous <laughs> <laughs> we've had to get the mop out a few times for dakota and irish Oof. car bomb night Woof. just once and there was no mop involved i didn't know where you're cleaning <laughs> <laughs> it was a sock out of a dirty laundry hamper i found a towel I couldn't find any other cleaning supplies, but I found bleach. So I had bleach and water and diluted the bleach and cleaned your bathroom. Jeremiah woke up thinking that you were cleaning up a crime scene. (laughs) My red towel turned white. It was horrible. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, thank you guys for having me. Seriously, yeah, um, this is, I really appreciate it. You've been a uh, a guest on our list for a very long time, and we've been tardy in getting you scheduled. So I'm glad we finally, I'm glad we finally got it accomplished. Yeah, um, Dakota and I were talking about it a little bit before COVID and stuff, and I kind of like crawled into a cave during all the COVID uh, epidemic that was Boy, going did, on. Didn't you feel dumb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once we kind of got the go ahead to start venturing out and seeing sunlight again, I hit him up so we could get this scheduled. And, uh, you're not it, nearly as pale as Dakota said you would be. So it's, this looks good. It works. It works out. I have to walk my dog a lot. So I get my, uh, vitamin D that way. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, 
Well, actually, I, I was going in to schedule my appointment and put my deposit down mm-hmm. with Zach, mm-hmm. and you and I had talked just like in messages before, and you were like, hey, we need to make this happen. I'm like, yes, we do. And then, so I'm like, we need to get Chad on. I sent it to these guys, and then coronavirus happened, and it was like, well, there with that. Yep, exactly. And uh, I mean, we were doing a, a podcast for a little bit and then uh, one of the uh, Jordan Lindsay who was on it with us, he he just had a kid, the pandemic and everything. And I, it's just kind of dissolved off. It's yeah, we uh, we took uh, we took a few. We, we put some in the can. We this is this. The start of this year was some sputters Weird. for us. Yeah, we've answered the bell almost every week, but we've had we did zooms for about five weeks. We had four weeks when Dakota was on on paternity leave where we came in on Saturdays and recorded ahead of time uh, to, to get ahead of it. But we, it definitely takes commitment to answer the answer, the call. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And then trying to work it within schedules and everything. And yeah, um, yeah, it, it was uh, during, actually, I think if we would have done zoom or something during the pandemic and being quarantined probably would have been the best time, had a lot of time on our hands, but I think it was prioritizing and trying to get everything correlated. We knew that if, we knew that if it like in normal times, if this pandemic had happened, then we could have done shows with it, it just being me, Jeremiah and Chris, and mm-hmm. we could have kept our distance really well in this studio. Oh yeah. But it, I had a newborn it's like, well, they're saying compromised immune systems aren't good for this. Uh, yeah. He doesn't exactly. have an immune system. Exactly. So we, we made the, I made the decision. I just was like, Hey, we're doing zoom. <laughs> hey, exactly. That's awesome. So it worked out. So what's, uh, what, if people want to look in iTunes to find the podcast that you've, uh, you've started, what's the name? Um, it is, if it's, I think it's on Podbean right now. We're trying to get into iTunes and different things. Uh, but it's called shop minimum podcast. Um, we talk about different stuff within tattooing and, uh, the culture or basically just anything we talk about in the shop. We also talk about, uh, music, um, dungeons and dragons, video games. It's, literally just shop talk that we have in the shop. Um, of course, uh, delving in a lot into different, um, techniques and stuff within tattooing or the culture and community within tattooing and stuff as well. So dungeons and dragons. Yes. I enjoy it. I don't have a, don't have a lot of time to do it. It's another one of those things that it's, it's trying to ring that bell and trying to make sure you go to it. Jeremiah played. Uh, yeah, Chase. I'm uh, about Chase to. Yeah, I'm actually about to join a league with my friends from Florida. They just started doing it, and I'm going to be a barbarian incest baby. <laughs> Wonderful! <laughs> I enjoy it. I, 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 somebody help me! I don't know what's going on. You played, I, I drunkenly yeah. tried to play one time, and I was un. We I was played, uncooperative. Yeah, Jeremiah <laughs> tried playing with me, Harry Price. Yeah, Chase, uh, Chase, and who else? Uh, Bob Whiskey. Chris was there. Spangle. Chris Spangle oh, was yeah. there. Spangle was and, there. And we were drinking. And, and I was in the pool and not at and all. And we were all just getting extremely mad at Jeremiah. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically how the whole night went. It's if you're if you're not accustomed to like tabletop RPGs and stuff, trying to jump in on a whim is one thing. And then trying to do it drunk, it definitely gets a little bit yeah. more difficult. But I think uh I'm a huge advocate for D and T. If I'd like to start something within the community to try and start it because if if you want to become a better artist, you start drawing a lot. If you want to be stronger, you go to the gym. Um, and I think it's really important for especially young people. If uh, you're wanting to practicing social center, social interactions within the world, I mean, there's really no better place to do it than within like a tabletop RPG where you get to practice dialogues and practice Perfect. interactions and stuff. Have you ever gone down to uh, save games? 
uh, saved games here in town? Yeah. I haven't actually. Um, uh, the gentleman who owns it, I wish I could remember his name. Travis. Travis. Uh, Travis uh, when we first opened up, uh, like, we had a couple, whatever. We had a couple jewelry counters and uh, like Budweiser. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we we'd met up with him, and I gave him a couple jewelry counters and stuff. And I know my cousins, and I have friends that go there regularly and stuff. So, um, right. but I've heard really good things about it. So you grew up in this area. Yeah. Um, you briefly attended Try. Yes. So I actually grew up in Cambridge City, uh, huh. Indiana is where I went through from kindergarten all the way till seventh grade. Um, and in seventh grade, I moved to try. Um, I was there for a year and a half or so. And then I graduated from Newcastle. So, um, but you did graduate. So congratulations. I did. Well, thank yeah. you. I'm a sixth grade dropout. So it's really interesting. That's super cool. Though. Homeschooled. After so, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, homeschooled after that. Yeah. I was like, it's hard for me. Like my dad, um, he was dropped out in like fifth or sixth grade, I think as well. And that's kind of just hard for me to imagine that like sixth grade me being like, ah, I'm not going to school no more. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start going back to formal school until college. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. So, I so that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about in the beginning was because Zach Lohorn, who tattoos with you guys, Mm -hmm. he uh, he also went to try. I was friends with Zach in high school, and he was always extremely talented. Yeah, he's always been very artistically inclined. Very, yeah, that perfect way to put it. That were you also the same way? I I don't really remember. Actually, um, not really at all. I really didn't start drawing until shortly before I started tattooing. Um, uh, I mean, in high school, I had some friends that um, in just recently past few months have sent me where I'd gave them like a doodle I made or something like that. But it was definitely something I never thought I was going to be making a career with or anything. After high school, I um, was a home health care worker for, for a few years. And then um, I went through EMT school and tactical medicine school. And that's I was definitely going to be dedicating my life to more of like EMS and being a paramedic and stuff. Um, while I was going through my advanced training, um, I'd always been like a tattoo collector. Um, so I'd, I started getting tattooed when I was 16 years old um, from a non-reputable shop and then <laughs> started going to, uh, places, uh, with just higher and higher skill levels. And, um, so over the years while I was in my advanced course, I was, uh, going to get tattooed regularly at a place called the room Org tattoo gallery in Shelbyville, Indiana. And, um, while there I befriended the guys, I was getting tattooed there almost like every other week I was trying to get something. And, um, one day they asked me if I wanted to be a shop hand and, um, so when I was start working off some of your tattoo debts, yeah, exactly. I was like, I get free tattoos. I get to answer phones, get to hang out at a tattoo shop. But I was also going through my advanced course. I was working two more jobs, um, because I was doing home health and I was also teaching EMTs in Rushville. And, um, so I was just like, I'm just not going to sleep for these free tattoos. And, um, while I was doing that, um, Black Sword Alliance in Muncie, that's now owned, uh, by, a handful of people, but Sam Lee's is someone I went to school with. Um, the guy who taught her how to tattoo, his name is Sean King. He had an oil painting class there. Former quarterback for the Bucks. No, I don't know sports ball. Is that, <laughs> the, is that really a thing? Yeah, there was a guy named Sean King that was a quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, okay. That was, that was just a reference for I Chase. like football, and I don't remember him either. So. <laughs> Jared's just really old. <laughs> it's not that long ago. I Well, man, I mean, I, I'm going to check it offline and see how long ago. Circus, circus 2005. 
Yeah, Sam's a very talented artist, and she is a, a very, very good person. I've, like I said, that's actually where I started getting tattooed before I ever went to the Rue Morgue was uh, Black Sword Alliance in Muncie. I went with my old buddy, Ethan McMahon, and we would go every other week uh, because we worked at the same place, and that was our payday, and we would go every other week to get a tattoo. And um, when Sean King had an oil painting class for the community, um, I just kind of took it on a whim. I wanted a new hobby, and... Um, so I took it with no intentions of creating anything worthwhile at all. And um, everybody there, there was probably you know, a dozen to 15 people or so. And by the end of it, we were had all created something that we were all very impressed with ourselves and really didn't, none of us saw it being capable of doing that. So when I did that and I was like, okay, maybe like I could learn how to do this. Maybe art, artism is a learned trait. It's not something that's necessarily inherently learned these people that you meet in high school that are fantastic artists already, that's probably because they started when they were three, four, five, six years old and yeah. they just never laid it down. Yeah, my, my wife is um, extremely gifted with portraits. Uh, yeah. She can do black and gray portraits and it, it looks like a, a looks life photograph. Yeah. It's amazing. That's awesome. Like, she does dogs. Yeah. She did a picture of our old dog and like, his nose looks moist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so, but like you're saying, she started whenever she was young, young in, in elementary school. Yeah. So it, it's, it's something that she just gradually got incredibly talented. Exactly. At. And, um, I personally think it may be diluting someone's personal, um, work that they've put into artism when someone says, Oh, you have a, like a God given talent or this is that. And I totally understand the incentive with it, but people way better than me, way better, way more inclined. They I mean, work at it. They've spent so many sleepless nights of, um, there is a Facebook story. I don't know if it's a real story or not, but there was a story of uh, Picasso drawing in a, in a park and someone comes up to him and they're like, Hey, um, will you, will you draw me something real quick? And he takes just a napkin draws on it for five minutes. And as he's getting ready to hand it to him, he's like, uh, that'll be $10,000. And they look at him like that took you five minutes to do. And he's like, no, this took me my entire life to get to the point where I could create this for you in this in five moment minutes. in five minutes. Yep. And uh, I think that, um, a lot of people that just have dedicated so much time to it. I mean, you, you can see how much time and efforts people put into their artwork for sure. The same um, story. You hear that a lot about a, a ship mechanic in the engine room. Who gets yeah, on you know, yeah. the old ship that nobody knew how to work on, the, this big diesel motor or whatever, and the guy got on, he, he looks at it, hits it with a hammer one time, charges them $10,000 or some ridiculous thing. And they're like, you charge, you know, you hit the hammer thing one time. And he's like, I need an itemized bill. And he's like, well, you know, knowing where to hit, $9,055, right? And then, yeah. you know, and $45 to that hit the A story whenever I was an electrician's apprentice was that they would, that they told us in class. They pay you for your was, skill. Yeah, they would work. They'd always told the first years, you're going to work harder physically than your journeyman. You're going yeah. uh, carrying pipe upstairs all day. Chase knows this dismantling power benders and carrying them around in tight spaces. It's you're going to work harder, but whenever you're a journeyman, they pay you for the knowledge that you gained over those so, five years. I'm an apprentice right now. Oh, awesome. An electrician's apprentice. And the current job I'm at. You look we, like a full grown boy though. <laughs> basically a full grown boy. I wipe my own ass. <laughs> I'm proud of you. So showers every day on the current job I'm at. We have a high school intern 
and it is the greatest thing on earth. <laughs> that was me. Somebody that else, was me. Somebody else's Chase's we, bitch. Finally. His nickname is Scooter. I have him go get he me give screws. He, he gets things out of my way on the lift. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's amazing. When I was a helper, they called me Dink. Dink. I had I I had one. There was one guy that called me Dink, and then I started working with another gentleman who started calling me Fred. That one stuck, and I never understood it. I wasn't one to like speak up. Mm-hmm. Shocking and, how quiet yeah. you could be. <laughs> so he he's they just all of a sudden all of these journeymen start calling me Fred, and then one day I, I'm like, Craig, why'd you start calling me Fred? And he's like. You're never going to make it through this. So I figured I might not bother learning your real name. (laughs) That's that's super interesting. I mean, like, cause even my apprenticeship, I mean, it's, it's similar in a lot of ways where I, I had people tell me, ah, you're not going to make this. You, you might as well stop now. I mean, you're not an artist. You haven't been an artist for long. You're not going to make it into tattooing and, or create anything out of it. Um, and you do like, I'm sure you guys experience some form of hazing. Oh yeah. Stuff like big time. Like, you didn't create your nickname. Did Scooter make his? No, no he didn't. <laughs> I was like, well, at least your nickname's not Moped. <laughs> I was going to say, did he roll, roll up like he had a DUI? Is that the... Yeah, he's a good kid. He looks That's like awesome. he's straight out of like, uh, Bible summer school. Like, it looks like me when I was like 16. <laughs> but, oh, poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but gosh. like, uh, so I, like I said, I, I wasn't, um, artistically inclined. It wasn't something I just started being really good at. And, um, I mean, uh, thank you so much for in the beginning, giving me all these accolades and stuff. But there's, <laughs> when I look at my work, uh, I can acknowledge like my, the, the traits that I put out that are good, but there, I still see so many people that are way better than me and have been doing it way shorter a time. And, um, there's kind of this this idea that like you're never done being an apprentice. You're you should always be learning. Should always be doing those. Whenever things. I, I'm was getting tattooed by Zach, and he was on his iPad and he's showing me Instagram pages of all these famous tattoo artists that he follows, and he's and Zach Lahorn, um, and he's kind of somewhat recently got into the. I mean, really. Re- actually recently just got into tattooing, but yeah. even more recently got into black and gray realism. Yeah. So he's showing me all these other realism portraits and he's like, I would love to get to that level. And I'm like, dude, you're close. Like you're extremely close. So when you, when you see something like that, it's, um, I, I was talking to another artist some time ago because it's, uh, a lot of tattooers struggle with what's called, uh, like imposter syndrome yeah. and stuff where it's really hard. Like we have plagiarism. This, yeah. Well, we, <laughs> we just have this really amazing job and a lot of us are really kind of bewildered that we get to do what we do and make a living from it and have really cool interactions like hanging out with post Malone or hanging out with people, a critical role or on just a daily basis, just listening to music and creating art for a living. Like, so it's hard to imagine. And then you see these people, as you are exposed to better art and more art, your level of what you expect yourself to create is just going to keep raising. Um, so actually, uh, I taught Zach how to tattoo and I, I went to school with him, like you said. And when I was working at a place in Muncie, um, him and his wife came in one night, he hit me up. He was like, Hey, um, my wife is wanting her first tattoo. Do you have any openings tonight? And at that point, I mean, I was not booked. I was only booking day to day. If anything, I was doing walk-ins regularly. And um, 
So they came in and uh, I tattooed his wife and we just started bullshitting heavily again. And I was like, oh, we should start hanging out like uh, your kids around the same age. And so we started hanging out regularly. And um, I remembered him being such a talented artist. I mean, I used to go to imagine music here in town and just see his art and paintings and sculptures mm-hmm. all over the place. And um, so we, we kept having conversations. He was airbrushing um, helmets and everything at the time or shirts and just airbrushing different stuff. And uh, um, we kept having the conversation about possibly him tattooing and stuff. And I was like, man, I, mean, I think you'd be really good at it. I mean, you sit here and you don't like where you're working. You find kind of lack this drive. You don't lack the motivation to go to work and stuff. And I, I, I believe that this is something that you could do if it's something you're interested in. And um, it was strange teaching him because one, he's older than me. And, yeah. um, two, he's been an artist well before I ever was. And he actually had went and asked for an apprenticeship at the same place that I'd learned a few weeks before me. And, uh, it, he said it was funny. Cause when he saw it, he was like fucking Chad Rao got an apprenticeship <laughs> 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 because like you said, I mean, he just remembered me from high school and we knew each other and stuff. He was like, I don't even remember that guy drawing. And I mean, fast forward, whatever, 10 years, eight years. And, I'm teaching him the fundamentals to tattooing and I'm, I'm honestly super proud of where, what he's doing and what he's learned. How do you get the confidence to put a needle on somebody else for the first time? I assume your first tattoo you did was on yourself. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The first tattoo I did was on myself. Uh, Every apprenticeship's different. Everyone learns differently. Everybody gets taught differently. Um, But I walked in, I had a three month probationary period where I had to write essays every single day. I had to draw every single day. Like I had a writing assignment and I had a written assignment. So I had to write an essay and then I also had to draw something and I was also going through my EMTA school. And so after three months I came in, they're like, so are you sure you want to be a tattoo artist? And mind you, I'd never learned anything about like tattooing schematics, the machines. And I was like, yep. Uh, I, you know, I thought I wanted to be an EMT, but I think this is really what I wanted to dedicate my life to. And they're like, okay, uh, there's a machine. You have 15 minutes, set it up and tattoo yourself. And I was like, I have never done this. They're like, well, you better figure it out. And, uh, tough love. Yeah. I mean, you don't get, you rarely will have, you, you get more confident as you go. But there's still like, even with my portraits and I mean, I've told my clients, uh, Zach actually, uh, that Bob Ross tattoo I did a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. Zach came up to me. He's like, I want to see how you do that hair. And I said, I want to see how I do that hair. How? I, Cause I have no idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, you just go into it with an understanding and try and tackle it fundamentally. Um, and just like everything else, attribute the knowledge that you've learned. But when you are putting something on somebody that they don't get a wash off, like it is very nerve wracking. And when you are learning to tattoo, I tell everybody you learn off of dumb acquaintances, (laughs) Um, mostly family members, people that just want cheap tattoos and understand that you have no idea what you're doing. And um, when Zach first started his apprenticeship, um, I went and got my ankle tattooed by him. Yeah. And just this like script. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember you had to come check everything out. Uh, prior, this is your uh, Philippians. Uh, yeah, the one about my, not having the, a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah, awesome. So, yeah, I have. I think it's Leviticus twenty eight thirteen. Are, are, are you, you going to give me credit for that one, or are you keeping that to yourself now? What was it? You? We, it was me. We were Someone. walking. We were walking door to door on uh, one of the uh, political night days, and I said, "You know, it'd be hilarious is to get that, and that's that's where it came from." Uh, yeah, I knew someone told like, gave me the idea. <laughs> what what you tattoo on yourself? So I'll show you guys. It is not. So people ask like, Oh, did you tattoo yourself a lot? 
And I was like, I tattooed myself four times and none of them were seeing. So I did this little first first that's on the side of my knee over here. One ST. Yeah. One ST. And I think that took me like an hour and a half. And <laughs> so I have a little switch laid beside it. That looks like the bottom of a shoe. That is, that was my second tattoo. Oh yeah. And I learned very quickly that I do not like tattooing myself. <laughs> what I started doing it's is the, the best part is that it's upside down. Like it's in your orientation so yeah. that it's, it's, it only means something to you. So if you're sitting there on the toilet, you can look at it. Exactly. Guess, yeah. um, but I did not like tattooing myself at all. So I very quickly, I've always collected oddities and weird stuff and I, I knew there was a market for it. And, um, Oh, you can buy fake skin online and stuff, but I was like, I bet if I go to a butcher, I can buy pig ears. I was going to say, I've heard that pigs are the thing that folks folks work on. Yeah, so um, what I would do is, now the first time I went to um, the meat locker or whatever, I was like, can I get some um, pig ears? And they brought me out like the rawhide, the dog ears. And I was like, ah, can I get them before they get there? <laughs> and he, he kind of looked at me strangely. I was like, I he was like, why do you need them? <laughs> I was like, I I'm learning how to tattoo and I want to practice on them. And I will say to this day, tattooing the figures is way easier than like some of this fake skin out there. But what I would do is I would tattoo something on it and I would put it in a jar and with some solution. Um, and then I would seal the top with either wax or with, uh, like duct tape. If you take a blowtorch to duct tape, it looks really cool and like uh, magnetic and stuff. So, and I would sell that as an apprentice cause you're not making money. <laughs> yeah. So I would try to make money from tattooing by tattooing figures and selling them for some That's cash. one of my favorite things about your shop is because I also have traffic like, in animal parts, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, the, aftermarket the, animal parts, the, the new vegan in me, uh, pro- <laughs> probably wouldn't be doing that, but, um, it's, it was a very, very lucrative and very, well, thank God you weren't um, vegan then. Oh yeah. Thank I God would, you had all your amino acids and things. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably have just been tattooing fake skin or, continuing to uh, tattoo my family, which actually <laughs> I learned a lot off of like my mom, my stepdad and my dad. Um, they were, uh, my dad was uh, a little bit, thought I was going against the grain a little bit because I'd already devoted so much time to EMS. Um, but they were always supportive, always getting tattooed by me. And the super important part is they never asked for it for free. Um, my brother also got tattooed by me a lot and he actually has like, the worst tattoo I've probably ever done. <laughs> what is and, it? Um, so it was supposed to, it was my first color tattoo and it was supposed to be this little Iron Man chibi, like a little Iron Man. And uh, it definitely doesn't look like that now because it took me like three and a half hours. Um, I chewed him up really bad. And when I say that is you're using needles on skin. Obviously you can traumatize the skin very horribly if you spend too much time in one area. And I definitely did that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, it's funny because I'll, I'll try and come on, man, let me touch it up. And like, let me do something. Let me cover it with something. Yeah, I was going to say at this point you can fix it later. Yeah. Right? And, uh, he always is like, Nope. Cause when you think you're like a Billy badass and you're doing cool shit, I want you, you can see this. Yeah. Look back <laughs> where you started. And, it's and always, but well, your first collar piece too, and you have a specific collar thing going on yeah yeah (laughs) um so when uh but when i was learning and stuff like my parents and and my brother never got free tattoos um so to this day if someone comes in and uh there was a guy once came into my shop and he was like so uh i i know your mom i work with her at this place um she said if i come in that you'd give me a deal on a tattoo and i said i know you're lying and he was like, well, what do you mean by that? I said, my mom pays full price. She's not going to tell you, you get a deal. 
<laughs> and uh, they and I told them like not to worry about payment in the beginning. Like they don't have to. Like I'm learning, and they're like, "You're doing this to create a life for yourself. Like we're not going to just reap those benefits because you'll do it. Like you're doing this for a career. We're going to support you in your career." And uh, so that was always a, a super cool aspect about it, and really got me far. But my brother does humble me by showing me the real <laughs> shitty tattoo. That's I did hilarious. On. So Jer, Jer's always said he was going to get a tattoo. I've discussed. I, never, I, he's I, always, Jer, he's always I still don't out. have one. At the start I have of the discussed show, a couple of of, of at, options. At that the I, very out there. beginning of the show, whenever we were getting like fifty to a hundred downloads mm-hmm. an episode, Jeremiah said, "I'll get a tattoo if we ever even <laughs> surpass a thousand downloads on an episode." We've done that's that's like yeah every like weekly <laughs> <laughs> every episode does that now that was what like two years ago <laughs> and yeah. I I think uh, I I think I could live up to that one if the entire cast gets it if we all get the boss hog logo I could I could do it I'll get it right on my left ass cheek man everybody thinks that's a joke and it really sucks <laughs> I mean I'll hundred percent do it I, it's funny because I'm um, like a lot of people expecting to try and talk people into getting tattoos left and right. And I mean, I'll I've always, never met a tattoo artist that does that. No. I mean, a lot of times like I'll help anybody get a tattoo, yeah. but I talk a lot of people out of getting tattoos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was one of the questions I wanted to talk about was, you know, we, you made a comment about face tattoos earlier and politics yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, uh, do you have a kind of a counseling session of, Hey, if you're going to get a tattoo in this area, you know, there, there's a military standard for, Hey, you, this is what you can cover up easily if you want to. And this is the ones that, Hey, you're going to have on display darn near, no matter what you do. Yeah. Is that a conversation you have with people when they step over a certain line of, Hey, yeah, this one's not on your thigh. This one's, this one's on your, you know, on your, on your, on your cheek. 100%. So, um, every artist has different rules and I don't knock any artist for where they draw their line. There's some artists that say, I'm not a therapist. I'll tattoo anybody wherever they want for whatever they pay. And, um, but in my mind, um, I've relaxed over the years on specific things. Um, but for a long time, I wouldn't do below your wrist if you didn't have a full sleeve. I wouldn't go from your neck up if you didn't have full sleeves. Um, where I've relaxed on that is I will do like someone's fingers, um, the tops of their fingers, or like a small one on their hand. Um, but I do have a full conversation with them ex- explaining like, hey, I understand that uh, you, you've seen people with hand tattoos, but you need to understand like this could, especially young people um, there. I still will deny some young people if they're not quite sure what they're doing um, in their life and everything. But I am a person that I, I agree that uh, tattoos have become more socially acceptable. Um, but I am also very understanding that they're still not professionally acceptable in a lot of stances. And um, I understand why that's not the case. Yeah, um, you have. So there's a weird there's a thing where it, it's it, it if you are a young person that you know you don't really know your direction in life quite mm-hmm. yet, which very few young people actually do. Yeah, and you decide that you're going to get your neck or a giant hand tattoo, then you go. Your judgment might be a little bit flawed here, oh, like well, because. Well, we don't know yet. And like, especially when you are younger, I mean, and, uh, we will tattoo, uh, people at 16 age, 17 year age, 17 or 16 with parental consent, um, depending on the tattoo and that, uh, when it comes to minors, we are very, um, we have more in depth conversations even on that end. Um, we don't go most of the time unless they already have existing tattoos. I don't go below the forearm or below the elbow. 
Um, I don't go above the knee and you are pretty much stuck to your upper arm, your lower legs or your back shoulders. Um, as far as like our comfort of areas of tattooing, as far as comfort of areas that you should be willing to, to show these tattoos at this age. Um, but we also talk to them about what they're getting. Um, like, Hey, if you're getting X, Y, Z tattoo, really put some thought into it because my first two tattoos are half sleeve size and it's big ass music notes. And I really wish I wouldn't have gotten them that big. Yeah. Like they're not bad tattoos, but I mean, at 16, 17, as far as the canvas of what you have, you may not want to commit to this whole thing right now. Exactly. Um, so like anymore, like I had a woman, um, I was doing a rose on her arm and, she was, we were doing a half sleeve and she does have a, a, a few tattoos, I think, but she wanted a small face tattoo. Um, and I pretty much told her, I was like, well, what do you do for a living? And do you have aspirations that you want to do? And, um, she said that she wasn't quite sure. And I said, well, how about we put what you have in mind somewhere else? And we can have- always come back and get that face. Exactly. Later, right? Exactly. I, I tell people that, um, there's a select few occupations that I will pretty much tattoo a face hand or whatever with almost no conversation. And that's tattoo artists, uh, um, dancers or millionaire, ta- uh, rappers. That's pretty much <laughs> like, I, like, uh, those people I don't really have the conversation with much right. about. Yeah. I mean, face. I've wanted it, a skull on my ring finger, my wedding ring finger mm-hmm. for a long time. And I know that I've talked to Zach about well, it. Is but it because he want Audrey to die? <laughs> no, it's because uh, one of my Aren't you dark today. <laughs> one of my we have a on on our windows so we have a big picture window that like protrudes out from the house, mm-hmm. so it's like a shelf. And uh, Audrey and I both kind of have the same kind of like oddities taste. Yeah. Like what I was saying earlier about your shop, how I I love everything that's mm-hmm. in there. And we have two skulls, and then we have a. It yeah, says a true skulls. love story never ends between the two skulls. They're not real skulls. Oh, man. But yeah, I've always wanted a real human skull. It's just like... <laughs> I can hook you up. I just see the, to die. Well, I see the prices and I'm like... <sighs> yeah, it's, you it's, know? it's commitment, man. But yeah, <laughs> but I've always wanted a skull on my ring finger and it's like um, talking to Zach because whenever I first sent him a message, he's like, I don't tattoo below the wrist. Yeah. And it's like, I have a blue collar job. I will always have a blue collar job because I have no aspirations to not to go out of that. Like the, I love to do what I do. Mm-hmm. So he, it's like, uh, okay. Like there it's like, mm, it's yeah. and and there's some, um, like I said, I've become lenient and I would say I'd probably be a more on the lenient side. Cause I will tattoo people's hands if they don't have a full sleeve, but there are tattooers who I do a hundred percent agree with what they say of, I don't care what your job is. Some things can't be paid for. They have to be earned. And that's including your hands and neck and face tattoos. Uh, get a full sleeve. What experience what it's like on a daily basis to have the conversation about your tattoos. That's not affecting your job necessarily. Then you can start delving into your hands, neck and face yeah. because um, even though like sleeves are still cool, like uh, a lot of people do have sleeve tattoos, but it's delving a lot. you you get a lot less people to have like hands, neck, face tattoos um, then you do have like have full sleeves. Like I right. tattoo doctors, lawyers and police officers that have full sleeve tattoos. And I mean, they're still not going to their hands and face. Right. Um, and, and, and you know, we're also in Indiana. Right? Yeah. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And I mean, over the years, uh, used to be, if you saw somebody with sleeve tattoos, they are probably a tattoo artist. Um, especially if they have hands tattooed. Um, but anymore, I mean, tattoos are just so regular and there are people getting heavily visible tattoos on their face and neck and hands, uh, that 
most of the time, the way we can tell if someone's a tattoo artist is by looking at their pants. Because if you look at our pants, oh, I wore my good pants today. I don't wear these to work. <laughs> is, uh, they normally will have like ink splatter. Uh, so you can look at it and be like, oh, that person's a tattoo artist. And it'll be on their dominant side hand. Okay, that so. makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've been wanting a sleeve for a long time. Um, and I've actually had the idea, like I can envision it in my head. Mm-hmm. And I have this, I have this account through an app called Capital and it basically like rounds up your loose change and puts it into a spending account. Uh-huh. And that's what I, I use to save up for all my tattoos. And then I got the idea for my Johnny Cash tattoo and it was like, got into it. Got to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome though. So, but now I'm seeing like Zach is booked booking in October now. Yeah. So it's like, Gotta get on the list. And man, yeah. I need to get on he, that list now. I, I'm super proud of him, man. He's worked really hard. We've been to seminars together. Um, we plan on traveling together. And um, I knew he was going to do really well. And he's just proven that with hard work and everything. And like I said, in apprenticeships, when you're learning to tattoo, the thing that I reiterate to him and that was pounding in my head is you, there's no timeline, uh, at least on the apprenticeship that I received. There was no timeline how long it was going to take. I've right. seen apprenticeships last three months. I've seen them last five, six years. Um, mine was a year and two months and, uh, I think Zach's was just a little over a year, uh, maybe a year and a half. Um, but it was always pounding in my head is like, you can get as much out of tattooing as you put into it. Yeah. And if you put a lot into it, then you'll get a lot back. And that really shows as, as far as like, especially if, uh, you're a good person, you're good to your clients, you're earnest with them, a hundred percent honesty, 98% professionalism, and you do good tattoos that you put your heart and soul into, then it'll come back for you. The, the psychology of who gets them, it, we were talking about that is, is interesting. I'm, I'm very much a white collar. I'm a sales guy and I'm mm-hmm. selling out. I'm, I'm selling to folks that maybe twice or two and a half times my age. Yeah. Or I'm selling to folks that are my age. And I don't think I would be judged by somebody that's in their thirties. But when I'm selling and I'm trying to relate to somebody that's 62 years old and, yeah. you know, it's, it, I'm not sure that they're going to take me as seriously right. if I show up. I, and I wouldn't be worried about a sleeve, but if I have hand tattoos, something other than, I think the most socially acceptable hand tattoo would be a ring finger, a ring, ring finger, finger tattoo. That's, I think that you're going to get a pass on that no matter what. But if you have anything on the neck, the face or on your hands, it's a different level. And you may yeah. personally, as an individual, I don't think I would have a problem with it, but you do get, and that's, I think that's that. what you're explaining yeah. to folks is that you are setting yourself up to be interpreted differently exactly. by others. And, um, even when I was working on the ambulance and stuff, uh, I would wear like sleeves uh, that came down because you're taking care of unhealthy people. Obviously, the higher percentage of that is going to be older people, and you want to be able to have uh, the most personal con- connection that you can with these these individuals. Um, even within tattooing and uh, owning a business and stuff, I really try to um, present myself professionally as I as I can. Um, so I remember, like when I before I owned the shop with the guys, I, I was just like t-shirt and shorts half the time. Um, and once I, um, started getting more serious about it, I definitely, even when I, uh, was trying to get a job outside of the place that I left, um, I had a lot of people that were really impressed cause I went almost like suit and tie affair. Like I showed up in a tie going to literally every tattoo shop that I wanted to work at. I would just show up with a portfolio, um, wearing a shirt and tie and be like, Hey, I'm interested in being an artist here. Here's my portfolio. And when you do have hands, neck and face tattoos, even going to tattoo shops, it's at least in my eyes, it's important. Like you don't want to be unjust or like not you, but you do want to 
come off personal or uh, professional. Yeah. Um, because we ran into a lot of hiccups and a lot of, um, I, I don't want to use the word prejudiced, but we definitely ran into a lot of people judging us for wanting to open a tattoo shop when we first started getting into it even. Mm. And, um, so when we were doing it, we we're like, okay, we need to really like amp up and try and seem as professional as we can because we have face and neck tattoos. People are already going to have a predetermined notion about these things. Right. Yeah. Co-host Cade has got a pretty sweet neck tat. Cade is one of my favorite people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think he's all one of our, all of our favorite people. Yeah. He got a super dope neck tattoo from Chicago, I believe. Yeah. Um, I tattooed him. I did a wolf um, with an arrow coming out of its head. And um, uh, the group chat is just me and Chase right now going back and forth I, because on I camera, and I'm concerned. On camera, he's got his dip can is showing up. <laughs> and I'm trying to warn him, and he's like, Good, I want everybody to see it. And I'm like, It's a huge bulge, Chase. I, so all I saw, the only thing that I got in my message was huge, huge bulge. bulge. Yes. <laughs> so my eyes widened. You said, oh, my God, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> so I have I have one tattoo. And growing up, and my family was super religious. So mm-hmm. they were gener- genuinely against tattoos for the longest time. And uh, in college, I had, a, I had a, a close friend who died. And our whole friend group went to go get this tattoo. Yeah. And uh, which by that point, my family was cool with it. But I was scared to death of. Hey, plus, needles. you're already used to disappointing your family at that point. So. <laughs> yeah, by that point, they're like, "Bar can't get oh, any lower." Who cares? Yeah. Um, Chase got a tattoo. God, I just hope he doesn't do the math. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he keeps his teeth. That's really all. I was scared to death of needles uh, growing up, so I was like, "Fuck!" I can't do drugs. I, I, I gotta do it. I was like, "All my friends are doing it. I'm doing it for my friend." And I went in and there was like six of us. I think there's like nine or 10 of us who have the same tattoo now. But at the time there was six of us getting it. And we went in pairs uh, for our appointments. <laughs> and I remember it was me, me and my best friend, Nathan. Okay. And Nathan, they asked us who wanted to go first. And I'm like, I, I want to go first. Cause I know if Nathan freaks out, I'm not going to want to do it. And I have to do it. And I, I I go I go up and I sit down and I mean my heart's racing and one of the easiest remind things us, I've ever remind done. us of where this tattoo is at Chase it's on my chest it's on your chest yeah. um a, a lot of people that are afraid of needles and I mean I I I used to be horrified of needles growing up going through like my advanced training I was poking products I had a lot of tattoos and people had a feel for them but like Mitch uh, one of the co co owners of Underdogs horrified of needles. Um, but when it comes to tattoos, like they don't look like needles. Yeah. yeah. And it's not really an injection. And that's what most people I feel are way more afraid of is an injection so versus a needle. For me, I just, I didn't know I had never done it before, so I didn't know mm-hmm. what it would feel like. And as soon as it started completely fine. Yeah. Like I was completely fine. I was settled down. Tattoo went great. And then luckily I went first because my friend Nathan gets up next and I have a video of it on my phone. And literally he's, He's getting tattooed and his face is like the whole time super stressed out. <laughs> it's one of the funniest videos ever. I, uh, my first but, tattoo is on my shoulder blade. It's uh, praying hands with rosaries because it's, mm-hmm. I've always loved that piece of artwork. I just, I'm, 
I like traditional things. Like I should have been more, born in 1924. <laughs> and um, th- I then I went and got a small wrist tattoo from mm. Kyle Wardlow. Oh, and, he's a fantastic um, artist. As I'm sitting there getting that done, I I see a, a original piece of art that he'd done hanging on his studio mm-hmm. wall. My God, I love that. So then I go back and I'm like, these first two tattoos, shoulder blade, wrist, they didn't hurt at all. Like it was like no pain. So then I was like, hey, Kyle, I want that piece of art and I want it from my armpit to my hip. And he's like, okay, we can do that. That's a lot. Yeah. And I sat for, it was almost five hours. And from your armpit to your hip? Yeah. It's fast as hell. That's awesome. Are you going to have to take fast. your shirt off for the rest of the show to show this yeah. off? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's right above my hip, but it goes into my armpit and then yeah. it goes, it kind of comes back to here and then almost to my nipple. Mm-hmm. And, it was an incredible amount of pain. And it that's was, what Danny's always said is that the, when he got his, there's a moral family crest that two of the six moral men have gotten. And I'm being <laughs> held accountable for not having this on me yet. Uh, but when it sits on the, on the left breast and just above uh-huh. the, uh, the nipple, I guess was the, uh, the fiery hot part. According it, to him. Yeah. When he's over here, see, that was it, fine for me. Oh man! He's when, never had whenever he nipples. was over You've mentioned that many times. <laughs> when it was he was right, right near, right near was when he got, got yeah. next to my nipple. I felt like he was just jabbing me in, directly, directly in the middle it. of it. I'm I like, need to, a point of information with producer Chris. Is this the most times we've said nipple within a minute on the show? <laughs> I do believe so. I do believe okay. so. I would like right. to keep track of how many yeah, times we, we say nipple through this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, need a counter. I have the one, nipplest episode. I have one tattoo. I need to get more because it looks weird at this point. <laughs> I want more. I just don't know what I want yet. I, I've always yeah. I, I wasn't married yet, but I always made the forever. joke that I couldn't commit to anything that much in my life. Yeah, I used to be like that. But now, now I'm like. Eh. I, most you people know, with one tattoo just haven't scheduled their second appointment yet. And I mean, yeah. but some people may just always have one. Um, when it comes to like the pain of tattoos, it's definitely different for everybody. Um, I hate getting tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> I love having them. Um, I obviously have a good amount and it's not been horrible. I keep getting them. But my the amount of time I can sit seems to get shorter and shorter over the years. It's, it's see, not, I just want to get a painful one. Patron like, Andrew Bowman, is, I have is, three. Is, and started the chat. Neither one of them, none of them were painful. And he says that this is he's treating this as an interview to decide if he's going to come over from Brazil to schedule with Chad. Uh, yes, oh, today. Okay. So, awesome. well, how, so how far much. out are you this, scheduled, Chad? Um, I'm currently scheduling. Um, I have a couple days left in December, and then I'm into next year. Um, for weekdays, and if Man. we're into weekends, I'm into. Good for you, dude. Uh, that February. is amazing. It is. It's. Uh, I'm super overwhelmed, and it's a very good problem to have. Um, and I always tell people if I mean I know it's a long time to wait, but it's plenty of time to save up for your tattoo because I don't tend to do a lot of really small. And it's going to be in your skin for forever. Exactly, and that's um, what the hell is seven or eight months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, if someone wants it quicker, I know plenty of fantastic artists that have um, shorter waiting lists. But um, like my uh, one of my friends, Timothy Bohr, he owns a uh, Bohemian Tattoo Company in Kokomo, Indiana, an incredible artist. He's been an incredible artist for many years, and um, he is booking two and a half years out at this time. Yeah, Audrey's uh, my my wife. uh She's related to Dusty Neal. Dusty Neal is one of her cousins. And Frontier and a lot of the style that he does, especially for yeah. the Midwest. And I I talked to him about getting my first tattoo whenever I was like 17. 
and he was going to be traveling in Europe for an entire mm-hmm. year, and he was booked up all throughout in Europe. Like yeah. there was that high of a demand. It's it's really cool, especially in in today's age with technology. Traveling as a tattooer is is way easier now, and being booked up by the time you get there and everything. Um, I do travel a lot. Like I'm really hoping by next year I'm able to travel regularly and go and do guest spots and conventions, um, and everything. But when it, when you're traveling and stuff, it's really cool because now with Facebook algorithms, you can pretty much put an an ad anywhere you want. If you're going to be traveling, uh, when I, when I went to Utah a couple of years ago, um, I'd never been to Utah before. I don't know anyone in Utah. And by the time I got there, I was booked for the entire length of time. Um, so let's let's talk for a minute about how you made the decision from going as an a apprentice to starting your own operation here mm-hmm. in town. How do you decide, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to build this incredible business and I'm going to do it in Newcastle in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And how how do you say, okay, I'm I'm not going to be just an artist, I'm going to be a business owner. You said you've got a partnership. So a number Correct. of you came together to to build underdogs. Correct. So, um, I, I had left Shelbyville where I was tattooing and I had went and, uh, worked at a couple places, but I landed, a, um, about a year or so later at, in a shop in Muncie, um, with my now, um, partners, uh, Dakota Shepard and Mitch Preston. And so we were there working at, we enjoyed working with each other a ton. We were very busy. Um, we were in the middle of a college campus so, I mean, we were nonstop. It's just, it is a very different atmosphere to be tattooing and, and over there than here. In a college town? Very much, yeah. Um, I was doing. How many roses and barbed wire do you do? And live, Muncie? laugh, love. love oh, it, no, I wish I was doing that stuff. Um, when I was over there, I was doing tattoos aside of eraser heads. Um, the biggest one, oh. the, the number one tattoo I did while over there, and I would probably say I did anywhere from eight to 10 of these a day, is, uh, it's a runic symbol of God is greater than the ups and downs. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, because a, Justin Bieber got that tattoo. Oh, did he? So it got super popular. I had, I had no idea about yeah, that, yeah. but I, I remember one point explicitly that I was tattooing a group of four people. Cause they, we always tattooed uh, normally groups cause they're college kids are just wanting to go and get memories together and stuff, which is super cool. But I was tattooing like four college kids and they all wanted God is greater than the ups and downs on them. And as I'm making my stencil, another group of four people come in. They're like, hey, we're wanting this tattoo and show it to me. And I go, oh, this tattoo. (laughs) 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 And so we were working over there and uh, to condense uh, what that experience was like is we loved working with one another. But the person who owned and ran the shop was something we were all exceedingly unhappy with. We didn't want to work there um, anymore, but we wanted to work together. And trying to find somewhere that would accept two tattooers and a full-time piercer all at once was n- probably not going to happen. And um, especially locally in this area or within central Indiana. So we decided uh, we actually had like a five hour long business meeting. We did not just do it on a whim. Um, I came with a full business plan asking, why are we doing this? What are some other options we can do? Um, and then delving into the who, what, where, why, how of creating a business. Um, I, Dakota and I was the manager of that location. And then I was also the manager of the room morgue while I was an apprentice. So I had at least a basic understanding of how tattoo shops ran, or at least how I wanted to run one and what I was taught works well. And then also learning what doesn't. So we worked together for about a year. And as we started looking, it took about six months. We started just buying 
small pieces of what it takes to own a tattoo shop over the times uh, down to ink caps all the way up to uh, like an autoclave, the, the sterilization machine that is used in hospitals and stuff. Um, we just bought small stuff over time. And once all of our houses was full of this, <laughs> all of the equipment to open up an operation, yeah, we were like, okay, now we start looking for somewhere to put it all. Um, we actually, uh, Newcastle was not the first place we looked. Um, it was something that I was interested in for sure. Um, but we were actually looking to open up in Anderson, Indiana. And, um, while going and checking out a lot of the locations there, um, it is, it was very difficult to find somewhere to open. Um, but also what it takes to open up a tattoo shop in Anderson was way more difficult and way more, um, took a lot more money to do so. And in I'm, compliance with the, the local government or correct, with compliance with the local government. And I'm not saying I disagree with it at all. Actually, I'm just saying that in the, the portion that we were trying to work within, it was just a little bit out of our means, um, for how hard it was to find a business, uh, a building to lease, because while we were even looking for businesses to lease, uh, we had, it was very strange. Like I said, we were, we're all young guys, but we all do have tattoos. But I mean, there was instances where I had to have my daughter with me to go check out some of these buildings. And I remember one time specifically, I have my daughter with me and we're talking to this gentleman about a dental office, um, to, to rent and lease. And while we were doing it, um, he straight asked us, are you guys going to be selling drugs out of this location? And I was just kind of floored. And I was like, would you ask that to any other business individual? If if we were a dentist, would you ask that from us? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And um, so, you know, after we looked at some places, but we decided not to go to Anderson. Um, We started looking at demographics. So we actually looked in Greenfield. um, And I was like, "Ah, I just don't think the demographic is there for what? For our age, for for people that were going to be getting tattoos. That's a lot of older older people that do have... uh, a supplemental income that can get tattoos, but are they going to be getting them? So finally I kind of threw out the idea to the guys, uh, about Newcastle. I said, you know, um, uh, when I would talk to my friends about possibly open Newcastle, like, why would you want to open up a Newcastle? Like, why would you want to do that? And I said, um, because there's not many people that talk good about the tattoos that come out of from Newcastle. Um, and so when we were opening up here, I, we had business meetings, all the way leading up and we had the full discussion of, all right, we're going to be eating bologna for the next few years, guys. Um, we have no idea how this is going to go. Um, when none of us have taken any business courses, I bought a couple of business seminars. Um, I had a friend who went to like business college and he didn't need his books anymore. And I bought those off of him <laughs> and was reading them. Um, it was very like trying to take what we knew and just apply it. And honestly, when we came in, um, we just hit the ground running. We were, overwhelmingly supported um we ran an event um but when we opened up i feel like honestly the the reason that we were accepted so well is we really tried to devote a lot of our time to the community and uh as far as making donations like to when the skate park opened we wanted to make sure that we were trying to make an appearance and trying to let people know that we want to be not just in the community but part of it and And also you walk into your shop and one of the first things you notice is it's impeccably clean. We, we definitely have, um, very high expectations of ourselves when it comes to that. I mean, we are, we have an open, um, what's called like an open platform shop. So we're, there's no individual rooms. It is, uh, basically you walk in, you literally see me, I'm right in front of you. Um, we have a smaller location. So, um, uh, I'm there as soon as you open the door. So we have to make sure that what we're doing and the way we maintain the room, especially in this pandemic is to the cleanest standard 
that you possibly can. Um, and it, it's very hard because there's a, a lot of people, um, that don't understand when it comes to cleanliness, the difference between clean and sterile. Um, so we try to maintain the cleanest shop you possibly can because there's nothing sterile that you're ever going to get unless you're going to an OR and that's probably still yeah. not a sterile environment. Um, so we just make sure that everything we do is as sterile and as clean as we possibly can. Um, but when it came to coming to Newcastle itself, um, the laws here were way different. Um, um, it was, uh, opening a, a tattoo shop here was no different than almost opening any other shop. And the health inspectors who we work with regularly, and I am actually uh, going to be tattooing them here soon, um, <laughs> were very, very understanding that a lot of the people who help make laws for tattooing, and this is something that I mean, uh, I, I'd like to discuss in, in future is the people that make laws for tattooing aren't normally tattooers. Yeah, and or, it, or tattooed or, or tattooed. And it makes They're it, a bunch of old white men. And it's very hard. <laughs> um, when Travis Ham is in the chat, suggesting the next time that Chad's on the show, he tattoos. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we should give Tom Saunders a free tattoo since he makes the, the laws. You can tattoo my the, machine's the skull really quiet. my finger that I've been wanting for forever. Hell yeah. I'm totally down. Okay. Um, actually John, uh, John Phillips is in the chat and, uh, real quick, he, uh, he, he asked the question of who you recommend for a cover up, but that kind of uh, branches off into a larger question of it. So first of all, who do you recommend for a cover up in your shop? Mm-hmm. And also are there different roles for the people in your shop? Like, Whenever someone comes in and they say, I want a watercolor piece uh-huh. versus something else. So right. That's very much so. So the idea of um, who would I recommend for a cover up is that depends on what we're covering up and what you want it covered with. So um, if a bad decision, say you have a bad decision. <laughs> well, if literally it's written, <laughs> a bad decision, bad decision. If you in have, aerial, not even in times <laughs> new Roman, it's bullshit. So if you have script on you and it says a bad decision um, and it's just black, you could possibly do a cover up with a black and gray piece. Um, and when it comes to black and gray, um, when we're talking about in my shop specifically, uh, Zach and I tend to do most of the black and gray pieces. We have two different styles of black and gray. Um, but all of us try to be well versed when it comes to doing different styles and everything. So, um, Mitch does a lot of color and color realism and color portraits and, and stuff like that. So if you're wanting a color tattoo, I would recommend probably going to him. Um, because he does mostly color tattoos and he does a lot of cover-ups and he, he does fantastic work at color yeah. tattoos. And so, and then like, if you're wanting a Disney piece, if you're wanting a Disney black and gray piece, if it's not a cover-up because portraits don't normally work for cover-ups, um, Zach does amazing Disney tattoos as well as like black and gray in general. But hold up um, your Woody tattoo. That was like, holy crap. Thank you so much. That was, uh, like one of the first black and gray like Disney pieces that I'd done. And I think him and I both branched off of uh, the seminar that we had in, uh, I believe January, we went to Milwaukee and we had the, the amazing pleasure of the working. Disney capital of the Midwest. Exactly. <laughs> Wisconsin. Who we got to work with was a man named Owen Pauls, who, when you want to talk about Disney tattoos, I would recommend absolutely everybody check him out. It's on yeah, Owen you, Pauls on Instagram. His, yeah. Owen Pauls stuff. 
and he his he mostly does and i i won't say exclusively but he is definitely known for doing disney black and gray pieces and we he has a stitch tattoo that absolutely blew my mind zach showed it to me oh yeah and it was like that looks like it's on tv i watched him tattoo and i still don't necessarily understand how he does it i i uh we just talked the other day and i mean we try and as artists we try to all pick each other's brains and try to uh, in my eyes i like for artists to have a progressive idea on what we want to do in the future and what we want to create and the best way to do that is to bounce ideas off of everybody um, there's some especially older old school tattooers that don't like sharing their information and kind of where I go to with that is I don't want to imagine where we'd be in the medicine field if doctors just withheld their information. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know if you've ran across this in the electrician apprenticeship chase, but I ran across journeymen like that in the construction trade that were the same way. They they didn't want to teach you anything. Yeah, it's this, yeah, this. I, I've been pretty lucky, but I've heard horror, horror a, stories for sure. Yeah, it's it, sorry. You'll you'll find them eventually, but sorry to get sidetracked. We'll go back to opening your business. Um, you open your business. Mm-hmm. You start tattooing. How long does it take before you you feel like we've got something here? Um, you know that's uh, honestly when we had our first day, I was like, okay, I completely underestimated what was going to happen. Um, because our first day we ran an event and we now we put a lot of time into putting out flyers, trying to talk to our friends, social media outlets and um, offering raffles and gift and like door prizes and stuff. But, and trying to create buzz, do a little bit of guerrilla marketing essentially to get started. So, um, which I mean, even the idea of like me going and getting a whole bunch of flyers, I was like, do people still do this? Like I'm walking around (laughs) Baker park, stapling stuff. to to post. I was like, but I had a lot of people come in. Um, cause I'd go to the the library and I'd hand out flyers at the library. Um, they were like, Oh, I, I, I came because we were also doing $30 tattoos, which is, uh, Literally, we were just that. doing small tattoos, just opening up. Um, the shop's name is Underdogs, so kind of uh, a trifecta is definitely a, a play on that we've been working on for years. And so, when we were there, and we had art vendors that I, I'd contacted it, and we had art vendors that were selling their own art outside. Uh, we, I believe, at that time, I can't remember if we had actual airbrush tattoos that were going on or what, but we had like music. Um, and when we did that, and we had. I'd probably say 200 people showing up for this event. I was like, Oh, I did not expect this at all. And 200 doesn't sound like a lot, except when you're trying to split up those amount of people you're dealing with in between what was at that time, three people, it was me, Mitch and Dakota. And there was two tattooers. And I think that day I did like 40 tattoos (laughs) and probably a record. Uh, oh yeah, I have I have no even desire to try and pass that at this point. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, we didn't even think that was success. That we just thought that was okay. We we may have something going here. And once we realized that, so when we opened the shop, we tried to establish what is at what point will we consider ourselves successful in some light? Because you're always able to grow and do growth. Um, that, and we came to the conclusion that at the point where we are all able to pay our bills, we're all having a living that we're happy with and we can give back to the community. That's the point where we're, we're reaching, we've reached success in our eyes. So how many, how many hours a week are you 
focused on this business. You're, you're t- you said you're tattooing on the weekends. You're tattooing mm-hmm. during the week. You know how far you're scheduled out until October, but at the same point, you've got to set December. Ba- December. Or, or, December. You've got boundaries you're setting of, hey, this is how much I'm willing to work physically doing the tattoo art, but then you're also running the business. How much is it? Are we talking 70 hours a week, 55 hours a week? What what are you actually putting into underdogs? It kind of depends on what we're trying to delve into is like, what is how much time I put because it's hard because even when I go to Walmart, especially since like my interaction with post Malone, like those I'm never done working. I mean, I'm a, I'm from a small town, open a business, small town that has rubbed elbows with celebrities. We're always, everybody, uh, not everybody. A good amount of people recognize us in this community. I spend normally. Um, I, I mostly do one tattoo a day. It seems like anymore, but I'm only tattooing. I'm tattooing for anywhere from six to nine hours a day. Um, sometimes twelve, depending if I come in early. Um, but then it is really nice because we have three owners. Um, we have an assistant for the shop. Um, we have, and with that assistant, we have another shop hand, and they help take care of messages clients um but getting to that point to where we can start delegating to have people help us to make it to where we don't have to work 70 80 hours 90 hours a week as well as devoting mental capacity to what our next goal is it's been a long time coming it hasn't probably been until the last couple months that i've i've actively tried to make my make myself try to relax and try to focus in on when I'm home, it's okay to I play D and D. Like it's okay to do that, and not try to figure out my next business move. Um, but we are always exchanging different ideas. Even as soon as we leave the shop, it it is a business. But this is our passion. This is what we love. Um, and I don't really have hobbies. So like I play Dungeons and Dragons, but like business is my hobby. I love doing stocks. I love. I listen to books. Uh, about creating businesses, about different outlets. And uh, so whenever we have like our business meeting, um, we have a business meeting the first Wednesday of every month. And that's where we talk about the concerns of the month, uh, things that we did well that month and things we need, we can do better than this coming month. And uh, so when we're trying, I, I'd say averagely I, I work five days a week cause I work Tuesday through Saturday um, and I'm there depending anywhere from noon to eight. Sometimes I come in at 10. Um, like tomorrow I'm actually coming in at nine in the morning to start tattooing and then I'll tattoo all the way till eight in at night. Um, so it just depends on the piece. Cause I, I definitely don't rush the, anything that's permanent on people. So Are you doing one piece tomorrow. No, I have two actually. Oh, okay. um, it's like 11 hours. In I tattooed night. someone for 11 hours when I was in Milwaukee actually. And no joke. By eleven hours, it doesn't matter where you're getting tattooed. That person wants you're about to punch over you. It. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're over getting tattooed by that point. Good God, I think that my the portrait on my arm took a a little bit longer for us, and I think we we were about at five hours, mm-hmm. and I and I was like, Whew. yeah, it, don't know. Like everywhere <laughs> like, has different. Just keep going. <laughs> everywhere has different like areas that are more sensitive than others, but it tends to, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're getting tattooed for extended periods, of it's, time, not, it's, gonna suck. it's not, what, what do people do during that time? You know, um, it's funny because, uh, I mostly do all day sessions anymore. Yeah. Um, doing long pieces. And, um, currently we've just started allowing people to bring like one person with them, but during COVID mm-hmm. and everything, it was, you're not allowed to bring anybody. 
Um, especially in the beginning, we were trying to level and figure out where we're at. Um, but even when they bring somebody, I'm like, you're just, here for he it. just puts on C-SPAN for them. Uh, it's, I'm like, you're about to be bored. <laughs> like we have, uh, we have music playing in the shop, but we also have yeah. TVs. We play movies and I listen to stand up a lot. I, I believe we probably played Tom Segura in that shop more than a hundred times. Because <laughs> that was one thing I appreciated about getting tattooed by Zach a lot is that we both, like I said, we were friends in high school and we were like in the same, um, we listened to the same music. So it was kind of like, we went back through the music that we listened to during our high school careers. Yeah, kind of doing, yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Cause I mean, I, I've tattooed people that I went to elementary school with. I've tattooed teachers that taught me when I was in elementary school. <laughs> That's and funny. Stuff. I thought you'd just be a screw up and here you are giving them their tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Chad, for some reason, I always knew you'd wind up with a face tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so when, when we opened the shop, um, we've definitely, it's hard because, you try to really drive this line of uh, we always want to do better. We want to do bigger stuff. We are currently in the mix of trying to get a larger building. Um, that's what we've been doing for a while. We're trying to figure out the the steps so we can get the financing so Un- that we can. Unfortunately, run. the shell building is gone. Uh, Dakota tried to make that the <laughs> county jail forever, and that was uh, we the, saw the old Coca Cola factory. You. you could pump in like well, that well, would be a twenty tattoo artist in there. Hey, we have the Hillcroft. Down there on New York Avenue, three hundred thirty-three thousand dollars. The the Coke Building actually would be an wow. amazing to- tattoo studio. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying, it's I got know, lots of crap. places. That gl- glass storefront that would be that, that would, would actually, actually be a great be location. Decent, I'm 100 yeah. percent down to get all these. I was actually checking out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I say, you know what? I had an idea for the old Henry County Jail, but an old jail would be a pretty sweet tattoo part. That'd be awesome. There's a convention that goes on in Ohio. Um, that's done in an old state penitentiary. That's really dope. Okay. That would be cool. too. Um, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, so we're always trying to figure out our next step to do better, whether it's a better tattoo or trying to be better with our clients, um, to offer stuff to our clients that is going to set us apart or, and so while we're thinking of all those things that we're trying to do, we also have to realize like, it's okay to have family time. We can have time to ourselves. We can play D and D or like Mitch plays music and Shep does. He has aquariums. Zach does. He, he collects bugs and plays music and we, it's really hard to try and figure out what line of like balancing is good. And like I said, we, when we go out, um, obviously we are really identifiable. <laughs> we are, <laughs> most of us have face tattoos or neck tattoos. And uh, we're, Zach has a beard that goes to his belly button. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy to, to <laughs> see that we probably work at the tattoo shop in town. <laughs> so, um, even going to Walmart and stuff, we're always getting stopped by people and talking to them. And, um, I am never, if you're um, listening from outside of town, the reason he keeps saying Walmart is that's our only store. Kroger's. Yeah. It's, that's, that's it. Last night I wanted to just get a headset to play some games with Mitch online. And I, I went there at like nine 30 and I was like, what do be, it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot yeah. that that was a uh, yeah. eight, eight 30. They closed and that's it. My PS4 controller died. Like just, shit the bed uh, earlier this week <laughs> i was like oh, i gotta go get a new one i run to walmart nope i think it's like when when is it close 7? 8 30 8 30 i got there at 8 8 10 they're already announcing st- store closes in <laughs> oh, 20 man. minutes I'm like, oh, i gotta i gotta rush back there i get back there one controller left 
<laughs> you got oh, the last yes. one in yeah. town. It was a shitty, sticky one. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even the color I wanted. <laughs> so what are, before we get into the post story, what are your face tattoos for those that are listening and don't, have, you don't oh, see it? So my face tattoos are, um, it says my daughter's name, Sienna on, I think it's this side. I don't yeah, even it know is. anymore. You're touching yes. it. And yeah, then, you got it. <laughs> and then, uh, on this side, I just have a little tattoo machine on my face and, uh, that happened no, from my angle. It looked like the San Diego chargers logo. I couldn't, I couldn't really possibly see the same yeah. thing. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. The Los Angeles chargers new logo. Um, I, I got that because I was, uh, there's, it's funny because as broad as tattooing is as big as it is. And as many artists as there are, especially if it's in Indiana, most of us know each other or of each other, or we know we've worked with each other, different things. And that goes all the way back down to, people all over the state. We mostly will know of each other. And I was in this Facebook group and everybody was showing off their tattoo machine tattoos they have. And I was like, I don't have a tattoo machine on me. Mitch, you want to put a tattoo machine on my face? And he was like, sure. And that's when I did that. And that's how that happened. <laughs> Do you know uh, Bill Levin? Do you guys know Bill Levin? Uh, the, what, the what patron state of uh, tattoo artists in, in Broad Ripple? Oh, that guy. I do not. Bill, Bill was one of the candidates that came through for governor. He oh, did yes. not win. Yes, I do. But, uh, I am but familiar he's, with him. Yeah, I was going to um, say, he used to do a lot of advocacy back in the 80s for tattoo shops back in the Broad Ripple area. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. Um, so um, I was talking about how we really enjoy like the health department here and uh, working with them um, because the individual who's trained them and opened up the shop for us and came in and opened us, his name is Jeremy Pettigrew, and uh, he's the um, health inspector for the department in um, – Delaware County. Okay. And he is an amazing guy. He tattooed for many, many years and he helped to get tattooing legalized within Indiana. I believe in just the nineties. Cause it is fairly new that it's been legal here. I'm not and, shocked. Uh, wow. I did I not, not know shocked. that. And, um, so, uh, one love, but yeah, I, I believe that, um, he, I remember him mentioning, but I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Bill is a, uh, Bill's an absolute character. A treasure. Who's your he treasure? He is a treasure. But, but tat, uh, Henry County, uh, as far as like opening tattoo shops in, in this county, is is fairly straightforward and pay your dues, uh, have the proper forms, have your proper training, and you're good to go. Where it is back in the yeah, day, this dad. space right here was a tattoo shop. Was it really? It was. There's a yes. lot of places that, I mean, have come and gone here, and that was one of the main reasons where people were like, why are you going to open that in Newcastle? Nothing lasts there. Um, and it's funny because uh, one of my most long-term clients that I have right now, her name's Lori. Um, I've done a full leg sleeve of her of horror tattoos. And when I first met her, I went to school with her daughter at Newcastle. Um, like the week we opened, I tattooed her daughter. She came into the shop. Her mom came in with her because she was like, I'm not letting you get tattooed in Newcastle alone. And so <laughs> she, com- <laughs> she comes in and uh, we had a really good exchange and she was like, yeah, this is not, not what I expect, not what I expected from coming out of here. And I was like, that's kind of our goal is to set ourselves apart. I know there's another tattoo shop that's been here for a very long time, but I do believe he has like another job and, but he tattoos his clients. He does, he does well for himself, but there's been a lot of places that have come and gone here. Um, but when Lori was there, she was wearing, um, uh, a monster like classic monster movie shirt and i said if you ever want like a Bel- bella lugosi you let me know because i would mm. love to do that portrait and now it turns into she gets tattooed every single month <laughs> and it's amazing now, Dakota, yeah, are you a what we were talking about are you a professional or what phone rings during the show what's Man. the dumbest tattoo you've ever seen seen or done done let's let's say done 
Um, and, and I'm not. And I'm gonna, I want the name, rank, and social security number of the person you put it on. I am going to specifically say that I don't believe that there are dumb tattoos because I have some dumb tattoos. I have a story for you. After uh, you tell I, me, I have Finding Nemo on my butt cheek. <laughs> um, <laughs> because he touched the butt. And then, <laughs> but That's pretty good. Probably the the strangest one that stands out to me. Um, one was always tired. <laughs> Uh, it's not dumb it's just it was a strange overall experience um but uh when i was in in muncie tattooing an older uh, older woman um came in and she wanted a phrase tattoo on her ribs for her past cousin who just died and that phrase was till sweat drops down my balls (laughs) (laughs) i swear to god to the window (laughs) she was like that was our song for so long Awesome. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> My sister, she has a leg tattoo on her. She's got a tattoo on her thigh, and it's a sloth doing the dab on a, pink, a surfboard. Pink or donut. donut. Oh, I know who did that. Really? Zach. <laughs> That was my sister. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. It's a sloth doing a dab. It's going like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a donut. It looks sprinkles. really good. It's a good yeah. tattoo, but it's just like, why would you get that on your leg? I, I have my own face tattooed on me, <laughs> except I have devil horns and a cross going through my head. Oh, Steve. Like Steve. You're like Steve. Yeah. yeah. And then, so do you have a book? Like, is it, you know, it, it people don't, I guess there's two, two types of people. They come in and they say, Hey, I want to have this. And then you draw it. Mm-hmm. Or you have a, I assume you have some sort of a flip book of, Hey, I want this. I want the number 42. So, um, there's two different kinds of tattoo shops. Uh, and I'd say that we probably hit, uh, mostly on one side or the other, but kind of in the middle. Um, but there's what's called and referred to as a street shop and more so custom shops and street shops is where you go in. It is literally like plastered with different flash. There's sometimes they're numbered and you can literally say, I want a number 12. How much is that for on my forearm? And they'll give it to you. Right. Um, and then there's custom shops and, um, we will do, uh, use references that people bring in. We have books for people to look through for references, but on our walls, we don't have flash. We have paintings that we've bought for our friends or that we've put up there ourselves, um, and so on a custom side, it's normally give me an idea. Uh, most of the time when I'm talking to people about what they want for a tattoo, I'm like, what is it you want? How big do you want it? Do you want it color versus black and gray? And how do you want this tattoo to feel? Um, as far as like, what kind of do you want it? Do you want a tiger? Do you want it like a brave, calm tiger? Do you want it kind of angry and snarling and powerful? Um, we tend to work more with ideas on our side, but when I was working in Muncie, we, it was a flash shop. I did the same tattoo all day. I want day. Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot. I actually did a Kool-Aid man bursting out of an arm, um, on a <laughs> group of like fraternity brothers. And so there's nothing wrong with either side. Um, a lot of times street shops, um, tend to have higher availability cause they're more walk in based. Right. So that is, that's like the, Hey, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to go get a tattoo in Florida. Exactly. And I'm going to go get this and I'm going to remember this experience because I got this, off the shelf tattoo. Exactly. So when I was actually working uh, in Muncie, uh, it was such a street shop that it was heavily advised against booking on a Friday or Saturday, uh, scheduling anything on those days because through the week is most time when the students are in school, they're going to be less busy. Um, you'll be a little bit slower, but on Fridays and Saturdays, uh, I would do anywhere from 15 to 20 tattoos and scheduling a single tattoo is how I prefer to work or a uh, fewer tattooers doing larger pieces. But, the, the person who owned that saw 
uh, quantity over quality. So, so the volume and the dollars associated with the volume. Exactly. And, uh, we try to really focus in more, so, more so where we're at. We try to focus in on, uh, pushing out quality instead of, uh, necessarily quantity. And so when I, you've got somebody scheduled, for, sorry, Dakota, when you got somebody scheduled for this fall, mm-hmm. you're having a dialogue with them about the size, what they want. Correct. And then you've got the artwork ready so that when their appointment comes, I assume that's when they say, yes, this is what we're going to have. Correct. You don't draw it up on the spot that day. They know what the artwork is generally going to look like. I may take my iPad and, uh, literally like do a very, very, very rough sketch of like, here's your arm. We can do this. It looks like child's drawing, but it's for placement and orientations. Um, but for the most part, um, there's a lot of people who have this, this, Ooh, I'm glad that's empty. Ooh, we got to fill that up. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they have this concept ideal that, um, when they schedule something, you'll make it for them the next day. And at least for myself, when I am scheduling, uh, for anybody listening, that's looking to schedule, I don't design anything normally until the night before. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. And m- one of them being is I'm booked out six to eight months. If I'm booking out, if I'm drawing my stuff for six to eight months today, I'm not going to be able to focus on my tattoo for tomorrow. Um, but also I'm booked out so far that I really, I, I try to push myself to be a better artist every day. So if I'm doing that and I'm at least succeeding minusculely every day, we go six to eight months down the road. I would have designed that tattoo totally differently if I had designed it six months forward. Yeah. That, so, that was a weird thing for me whenever I scheduled my tattoo, Zach, and this is going to be a good segue into our final question before we get into post Malone. And that is COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I scheduled my tattoo, Zach, and it was, I think at the time it was two months, maybe mm-hmm. three months out, something like that. I'd never waited that long. And about um, pretty much the next day, I was like, I want to add text to the, I want to add some script. Yeah. And I'm like, do I send him a message now with what I'm thinking? Do I wait until the day before? Like what, what am I? The sooner you can give us an idea. Yeah, I wound, so up, we may I wound not, up messaging him that night. That's like, <laughs> that's the better option because I tell people, if you find a photo on Joe Blow that you like the way it's set up, send it to me so that the night before your your tattoo, when I'm sitting uh, at my computer or on my iPad and I'm designing it, I can go through all of our messages, take all the ideas that you have, and try and figure out what is going to work best for you. Um, waiting tour, till the night before, if I've designed it, if I had a day off the day before and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and design the rest of my week, yeah. that may complicate stuff. It's already baked in. Too late yeah. now, sucker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I'm never, uh, I, cause people do get concerned if I show up with a piece that they don't like that. I'm kind of like too bad. You're out of luck. You have to get, I'm not that way at all. And I, I like to believe that, um, good artists and artists that take a lot of integrity in what they do and making sure their clients are taken care of and happy are okay with, if you don't like what you want, this is our time together. Yeah, we won't have as much time to tattoo, but let's make sure that you like the tattoo you're going to get before we start it. So we take some of the time um, to make sure that they get what they want as far as if they if they're if they're like, well, how about we move the flower over here? I may like it more. I'll do that. Now, if we're talking a total 180 of exactly what you wanted. If, if you came in, you wanted a half sleeve of roses and a pocket watch um, at this time. And then the next day you come in, you're like, actually, I changed it. What I want to get is a samurai with uh, <laughs> one of these towers that there are a lot of artists that will forfeit your deposit for that. Mm. Understandably. 
Makes sense. Uh, because you're not changing the orientation or making what the design we talked about. We're starting a new project. Yeah, that's to- that's a totally different tattoo. And yeah. so, um, but I, at least the way I work, um, I don't normally send out my designs to my clients um, only because I feel that clients tend to um, be understanding that artists are going to take what they're, they've been sent and build on it or make it their own or whatever. Um, but in my experience, when I've sent stuff to people online, it feels like it gets way more micromanaged. And I don't know if that's because they're sending it to all their friends, their friends are giving all their dialogue and then it's getting sent down. The it's chain. gone to the tattoo committee and it comes back. And, yeah. And- they want to change the entire thing where if they come in the day of it's one-on-one, it's me and that person of what they want. We can talk about, well, okay, you want to change this. Uh, just yesterday I had a tattoo where I spent two hours talking to the person of a tattoo that we were going to be able to do a cover up with cover up. Um, but he wasn't, he had things he wanted to change about the tattoo. So I kept changing it, orientating it. But by the end of it, because it was also a cover up, a cover up has to be set up as a very specific way to make sure it's <coughs> gone and makes a good tattoo. Um, we ended up just canceling the tattoo entirely because he had a vision in his mind and I had one in mine and they didn't meet up. And I, I definitely, want to make sure my clients are I'm putting out something to them that they're happy with and I'm happy with. And yeah. if, if I'm not the artist to do that, I know tons of artists I can help people out. So I got tattooed right before the shop closed down mm-hmm. and you guys actually voluntarily closed the shop. Yeah. We closed a week before two weeks before uh, the state actually. Ended I thought it was, it. I thought it was like right at a week, but so how are you just one question about COVID because the world's a crazy mess and we don't want to mm-hmm. get in. Yeah. This is going to be a nice break for people. Exactly. <laughs> how are it you? It was supposed to be, but yeah. then Dakota ruined it. <laughs> how are you, how are you uh, doing the appointments that were supposed to be booked during that time? Did you just straight up just push everything back? Uh huh. It, and it's unfortunate both on all of our ends. Um, there are, I have offered, I tried to take care of people as much as I could coming in on my day off. Um, I still gave myself one day off because I have a daughter and I need to be able to spend time with her. Um, but I would like every other week I've been coming in on a Monday. I believe I come in this Monday to do a tattoo and try and catch up. Well, if someone couldn't do a Monday, they'd have, they have to wait six months and it's unfortunate. And I'm, I, I really hate it for these people because they've already rated six months. There's some people getting tattooed this November that scheduled it prior November. Yeah. But you know what? There's um, a pandemic. So, you know, exactly. And uh, what, what are we going to do? I can't, I, you can't cancel on somebody else either. So I am. And that's, I can't be moving. So I had to move 60 people is, is so I, we were out for like 10 weeks and, um, I am super blessed and I, I feel like it's because we've really flourished the clientele base that we have to be very serious clients. And we, we try to have very personable exchanges with them and a I never had a single person that was upset. I mean, they were That's definitely not stoked. <laughs> yeah. No one's stoked to hear that they have to cancel their appointment and wait six months. But, um, I, I didn't have anybody trying to give me any quarrels or upset. Um, no one asked for refunds. I actually had a lot of, uh, people offering me like, Hey, I know you're closed down there in this time. I can pay my tattoo off now yeah. if you'd can like help you? to help you. And, um, I told them that that wasn't necessary, but the fact that we had so many clients that were willing to, uh, help us out, it, it really meant a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 I was definitely worried about it. Um, I talked to Zach during it and he's like, this is rough. And he, it, it wasn't even like 
it, he wasn't even concerned about like financially it being rough. He was worried. About, he was like, he was like, I love tattooing so much. I hate not being able to do it. A hundred percent, man. I I've never taken more than like two or three days off tattooing since I've started. I've never not tat not worked for more than probably a week or so since I started working so, when I was like 15. So who got the real rusty tattoo? The first, Oh my God, I haven't done this in a while. What well, was my first tattoo coming? I know it was a big piece. Yeah. I know it came in doing so a half goes, oh, The Woody had to be close. The Woody was I like got, one of my last pieces. I got Clay yeah. Morgan's second haircut, and I'm glad I didn't get the first because Chad Malico's <laughs> hair looked like shit. <laughs> during the during the uh, quarantine and stuff, I was doing a lot of charcoals to try and uh, try and stay sane and do as close as I could to art and tattoo doing that style that I do. But like you said, like Zach said, I was definitely going nuts and I, I tend to have really bad anxiety when it comes to end of the world stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> like post apocalypse, literally like I have been seeking therapy for like the past year over like wars and pandemics and stuff. And it was pretty much my worst nightmare. <laughs> in the beginning. So yeah. what you're saying is, you Oh my God, it's coming. <laughs> you don't like watching doomsday preppers. I don't, I do not. <laughs> I, uh, I have been forcing myself to watch news lately because I, we I, watch doomsday preppers and we're like, ha, ah, look at those guys. And you're like, <laughs> shit, that guy's got it way better than I do. So we went to the store, me and my girlfriend and, uh, she was like, how are you doing and all this? And this was actually, uh, um, probably a month before they closed down. I'd been keeping up on, uh, I tattoo actually a guy who works at the CDC and he was like, Hey, this is happening in China. It could be. And literally our conversation just dealt me into this really horrible ideal. And so I'm at the store with my girlfriend and she's like, so how are you doing with like the conversation you had today? And like, it started becoming news and it, it made it to the States. And I was like, I'm doing okay. As I'm grabbing pallets of, can good. She's like, Oh, so you're not okay. And I was like, it's my coping mechanism. <laughs> really quickly before we get into the post story, category five, super fan, uh, Zach Burcham is in the chat and he said, he wanted to know if anybody's ever gotten far into a tattoo and then they bailed out and never came back to finish the rest. You know, um, I, as far as when it comes to, I believe I've had people tap out as far as pain goes. And I, I can't remember if they scheduled or not. I've never had somebody just stop in the middle and be like, I don't like what this is going on. Let's not, let's not do it. But I've had, I mean, it's not unregular for people to kind of meet the threshold of pain, um, depending on what's going on in their anatomy or their mental state. Um, if there, there comes a point where sometimes tattooing, getting tattooed fucking sucks. And so if they're getting tattooed and they're kind of meeting that threshold or they get lightheaded, lightheaded, dizzy, nauseated, I've had to cancel on people um, and reschedule them because they passed out. And, um, actually this last special that we did, I can't remember exactly when it was, but, um, I was doing a tattoo this big and I did two lines on it and the guy straight Gone. passed out hard so much. So I almost called the ambulance. On and them. you can't just go ahead and finish them up while they're knocked out and they wake up with their tattoo. No, there's, there's, I, there's a I, code. And so I, I actually <laughs> had that thought whenever I was getting my ribs done mm -hmm. and I was laying down in the chair and I had my elbow over my eyes and I started seeing glitter. And I'm like, I'm like the, the thought came in my head and I was like, maybe if I do pass out, he'll just finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, if, if someone passes out, they're done for the day with me. Um, to yeah. me, you passing out is your body telling you that something's going on that it's not 
ready to handle currently. Yeah. And so I would rather schedule you for a time to when we can do it again. Um, I, it's hard. I've actually never had somebody pass out in the middle of a portrait. I had somebody say they were feeling nauseous and lightheaded and stuff and didn't feel like, uh, couldn't continue going. And all I'd gotten is the, this, there's a shadow that normally drops off of a jawline, uh, really sharp jawlines. And it was like a, it looked like a Nike swish. That's all I'd done on this person. And they're like, I don't think I can get done today. And I looked down and I said, if you're going to do it, I have to know right now. <laughs> because if I continue more, I, I don't feel like yeah. I can confidently stop. Yeah. Um, currently all I have to do is line up to the chin. If I'm starting in the middle of the lips or the nose or the eyes, then we're getting into a way more difficult pro- yeah. project. And you don't want to live with this for six months. Exactly. That's the part to me. That's like, you know, you working in these large pieces is I'm like, I couldn't walk around with a half done tattoo for six months. So, um, I ran into that so much of, cause I don't want my clients walking around for six months doing that. Um, and like I said, I, I'm trying to, um, uh, to become better as I'm going. So when I'm working on a sleeve six months at a time, it is more difficult. So I first started out by telling people, uh, book one tattoo a month and do that for six months. We'll see how far we get. So what I just recently started doing in the past couple of weeks, and I'm really excited to start it in six months is if <laughs> someone's wearing a sleeve, I'm like, all right, Brie, um, if you're very serious about it, I ask them, how committed are you to this sleeve? And if they're, if we have a conversation and it's going in the good direction, then we have good ideas together. And I think it's going to work. I'm like, all right, book three consecutive days. We're going to finish your sleeve in three days. We're just going to knock it out. Yeah. And I've just recently started nice. doing that. That I'm sounds really... like so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we'll see. Um, I'm actually starting it. Um, and you'll on... have responsibilities around the shop. We expect you to mop. We have to the mail. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, you're going to be on staff for three days. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so it's, it's interesting. We'll see. Um, because I never been tattooed for three days consecutively. <laughs> so, um, I'm actually starting. That with would my, be really interesting. One um, of my best friends, Dylan, I'm, I started with him. I, he hit me up for a sleeve and I said, uh, the only way I said, the only way I'm going to do your sleeve is if you book for me three days in a row. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, sure, I'll do it. Ugh. That might get rough. I'm yeah. going to use my vacation time this month on, uh, on my sleeve. I'm just going to Monday, yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Man, Wednesday, we'll be off. Now, when I was working on the college campus, like there are individuals who use vacation days or PTO days or whatever, uh, and been the truth of them, what their appointment is. <laughs> when I was working on the college campus. These college kids are nefarious. <laughs> they would, uh, so they would ask us how much the piece is and then they would get on the phone. So, and this isn't all, but, uh, more than a handful would get on the phone, call their parents, be like, Hey, I just had this textbook come up. It's $150. Can you put that in my bank account? Go down to the ATM, draw it out and then come pay for it because they didn't want their parents seeing. They just been to the tattoo shop. Oh boy. And, and you took their money. I did. <laughs> no, I, no, I did no, I did not. I took their parents money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pour myself more wine. You go for later. it. You get it. And then we're going to get into the, uh, into the post story. So, so speaking of getting tattoos, so I've got this koi on my on my forearm here. Kyle Wardlow by the by the same guy. I tell you, ribs. you and I, we you and I are like tattoo are from buddies. The same small town. Yeah, we we hook up with the same tattoo artist. Uh, so does my sister apparently. Yeah, well, I got Zach <laughs> on my I got Zach on my bicep as well. So, um, but no, when I so I asked my boss because. Like earlier in the conversation, I've always told myself, like, I've always told myself, I will never get hand tattoos, neck tattoos, or face tattoos because I want something that in a business professional, I can always cover up because I occasionally do deal with customers and occasionally there are some farm shows that we do go to. 
But before I got this big koi on my forearm, I was I asked my boss. I was like, "Hey, I know we have no actual like policies about this, but is it okay if we if if you know is it all right?" He goes. Yeah, as long as it's not offensive, I don't care. I said, good, because I've already got the appointment for Saturday. <laughs> he goes, all right, see ya. So, and, and I mean, he's he's older. Well, he was. He's retired now, but still older. Chase, but, what's your next tattoo going to be? What do you want? I don't know. Oh, man. yes. Probably, probably something outdoorsy. I don't know. You get a fishing lure? Something that means something. I'm not going to get a fucking sloth riding a donut doing a dab <laughs> on my leg like my sister like like i said really good tattoo it looks really good it's just to me it's a dumb idea it means something to her which is what matters but i mean it's there's that's where it runs in, it runs into i actually uh when i was working on ball state campus the uh, uh i believe a sociology or psychology professor yeah. asked, asked me to come and speak is that your phone not me not me. Right. It's probably Dakota. It's, it's Dakota again. <laughs> um, the professor over there of psychology asked me to come and speak about like uh, what, it, why people get tattooed and everything, and and that's why I'm like, there's not necessarily a uh, to me a dumb tattoo is one that's not going to look good. Yeah, um, that's kind of where I lie on it, and that's uh, that comes up more subject matter style and everything like that. But as far as like, I have some really dumb tattoos i'm trying to think of some because i have a lot um i have a tattoo uh middle school s done by post malone <laughs> on my hand he tattooed you yeah he did i had him tattoo me that night um i have the nemo on my butt i have my other <clears throat> so my other butt cheek says jet fuel can't mail still beams <laughs> <laughs> oh and, so the truther in him comes out and um i was like you know it'd be really funny if i got a cover up and it was George Bush's face. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my cousin, we always said we get tattoos together. And we always said we were going to get Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World on one of our butt cheeks. <laughs> Just because we loved Boy Meets World growing up. Yeah, man. Everybody there's, thinks butt cheek tattoos are going to be real fun, and they really suck. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's two that I've, that I've consistently discussed, and that's the Moral Family Crest that two of the six have gotten so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the Indianapolis Motor Speedway wing and wheels that something oh, okay. along that line uh, would be would be interesting as well. Very nice, but I'm not uh, I'm not ready to commit. See, for me, it's to finish this uh, bottom half here. Get it probably like another dragon, like put put like a dragon coming out of like a yin and yang kind of thing into the koi fish because that that ties to who's your culture. Absolutely, it does, sir. <laughs> or. I will be willing, unlike Jeremiah, I will commit and I will get the Ball Saga Liberty logo. When Dakota, I would Chase get it. If and you guys were going to get it, I Chris, would get it somewhere. I will like, get it. Oh, it doesn't matter. Right. I get it. On I'll my get it on my calf. I get it. And that's Chad. the third one would be the uh, Ball Saga logo. What, what is the most painful place? Yes. To what is that? To, the to most painful? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it varies person to person. Yeah. For me personally, um, my chest or my inner thigh. Okay. My inner thigh is where I have the portrait of myself, and that really sucked. Now, it also just depends, too, on who's doing it, because, mm-hmm. like, the guy who tattooed my back piece, his name's uh, Jacob Harrison. He's in Permanence Tattoo Gallery in Anderson. He's a phenomenal tattooer. He's quick as fuck. He does amazing work, and he hurts like a motherfucker. <laughs> like, he did my entire back piece in nine hours, and I thought I was levitating off the fucking table. <laughs> Insane. All right. So... How did this happen? How do you meet uh, musician 
uh, Post Malone of Syracuse, New York. Uh, <laughs> does he look you up? Are you in his DMs? Are you having a conversation? How does this How does this relationship start? Let's Let's start there. Okay, so what had happened was I had bought two tickets. I had just heard of Post Malone probably eight months prior to this. Um, I bought two tickets to his concert coming to Indianapolis. Um, I bought two VIP tickets the second they came out. Um, I bought them and I just kept joking. I was like, guys, I'm going to tattoo Post Malone and da 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 da. I'm going to do this and never really did much with it. It was just like a joke that was going on. And probably a month before the concert that he was coming to town, um, we were redoing the floors at the tattoo shop and I, someone had made the joke about it. It was like, Chad's going to the concert next month. He's going to try and tattoo post Malone. And I kind of got a wild hair up my ass and I was like, you know, I'm going to try and make that happen. So, um, to clarify the news had said he came to Newcastle that he found me. He reached out to me. Mm -hmm. None of that happened. What had happened was, I actually initially had sent him a message on Instagram and I was like, I only have at that point a thousand followers and it's hard for me to respond to everybody. There is no way this gentleman is going to even see this. So I was like, so who could I reach out to? Who can I contact that would get to me quicker that has a much lower contact list, I guess. So I did research and I found out who his manager was. Um, his name was Dre London. Um, I found his email address. And so I shot Dre, uh, email and, um, I basically made it up and comprised of, I'm going to be at the venue here in Indianapolis where you're going to be, uh, where Post Malone is going to be having a concert. And I own a tattoo shop in Newcastle, Indiana. I really appreciate what you guys are putting out. I really enjoy your music. If you guys or anyone is interested, I'd be willing to come to you guys and provide you guys free tattoos all night just for the experience to show you guys, uh, to give you guys a good experience that I'm sure you give many other people. Um, I sent him a portfolio of my work and I said, here's my contact information. Feel free to get back to me. Otherwise, I'm going to enjoy the show regardless. And thank you so much for your time. And so I sent it on a whim um, and I was just joking with the guys at the shop and I was like, I just fucking, <laughs> I just shot his manager a message and we're all just kind of laughing about it. This is like I said, like a month before. And then uh, my buddy Jesse and I go to get some, some lumber from the um, place here, the place here in town. What's that Gilman's called? Gilman's. We went to Gilman's and we pull in and I got an email back within the hour and it was from, um, um, I can't remember his other manager's name off the top of my head, but he said, Hey, uh, we are wanting to make this happen. Here's my cell phone number. Send me a text. Let's see what we can do. And I kind of dropped my phone. I was like, uh, Jesse, I just got, <laughs> got a live one. I was like, oh, I just got shit. post Malone's manager's cell phone number. And I'm really confused. So, um, I, uh, we're texting back and forth, uh, about what we're wanting to do. Oh, Bobby Greenleaf. Bobby Greenleaf is his name. And he said, we're going to try and make this happen. Da, 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 da. And I said, okay, so if anybody is wanting something, please try and send it to me so I can have everything prepared when I come. So I try and send uh, a message back the next week. He said, yeah, I'll make sure to get a hold of everybody. A couple weeks. And then the day before the concert, I texted him. He's like, any idea? And I actually didn't receive a response. So the day of the concert, the night before I was like, you know what? 
fuck it. I'm just going to load my shit up in the, in the van. If something happens, I'll be ready. Otherwise I'm going to have a great time. Yeah, exactly. I I had VIP tickets. I was just going to watch the concert and enjoy it in any way. So, um, I went to the Greek islands in Indianapolis. I'd planned on just going shopping, trying to get my mind off of what possibly could happen or not could happen. And where was the venue? um, Oh man. Something river. White river state park. White river state park. Correct. Um, the outdoor, it's an outdoor concert venue in downtown Indianapolis. Yeah. It's actually, uh, uh, it was way smaller than I thought it was going to be uh, as far as like the stage and stuff. But I was at Greek islands. I was uh, just bought way too expensive of food. And I sent one more text to Bobby and I said, Hey, I'm just letting you know, I have everything ready um, for anyone wanting tattooed. Uh, thank you so much. Even just for the consideration. I totally understand. Um, otherwise you guys have a great night and I'll enjoy mine. And he texted back. He said, uh, you're going to get a call from Jay Santiago here shortly. We're going to get you backstage. And I was like, uh, okay. So he calls me and, um, he's like, Hey, what's your license plate number? I need to get you back. And I literally, my food had just came to me and I was like, I'm not eating. There's no <laughs> way. So, um, we go back and this is probably at three 30 and, Jay meets me at the gate. We go through, we get unloaded and everything. And we actually, uh, I tattooed him in his dressing room. <laughs> so, oh, wow. um, I went back and actually, this like I, a trailer, like a, uh, an yes. RV or something. Yeah. It was an RV yeah. at the time. That's awesome. And I mean, I'm already stepping outside of my comfort zone in a huge way, not just of what I'm about to do, but not tattooing in a shop location. I am bringing, he, it looks like I'm about to Dexter bitch up with how much <laughs> uh, and so I show up at three thirty. I'm setting up the room, and there's a gentleman comes in. He's like, "Hey, man, my name's Adam, and his name's Adam DeGrassi. He's the photographer for Post Malone. He's super talented, super nice guy. He said Post is still asleep. Uh, he had a late night, so you set up and everything. So I actually tattooed Adam first, and we were talking about tattoos, and uh, probably about an hour goes by, and then. I am drawing the tattoo for Adam and post Malone walks in and his boxers and he was like, Hey Chad, it's super nice to meet you, man. I've really been looking forward to this. And I was like, I didn't even know you knew about this. <laughs> and I said, well, you just have to give me a minute. I need to calm down. And it was, it was, it was super nerve wracking, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, one, I didn't have a printer. So I was having to run back and forth between um, the, the little buildings that are in the back there. There's like a little community section where they're doing the audio for the concert and stuff. And um, so I had to run in there real quick, print stuff off, bring it back. Um, but honestly, like it was it, everyone there was super welcoming, um, super kind. Um, I tattooed Adam DeGrasse. I'd been talking with uh, Jay Santiago and um, I did uh, a tattoo for his son and then host was like yeah man um and we i took a small break we played some beer pong we hung out and he was like all right man um i want always tired on my eyes and i was like what literally before i left i want a note that i told everybody at the shop i don't want to do script and i don't want to tattoo his face and i did script <laughs> on his face <laughs> And, it's, um, it's literally like the signature of if somebody knows of post Malone, that is, has become the signature item about him as having that tattoo. Yeah. And so that's really, it's really strange to me. Um, because I mean, I mean, it became a Snapchat whenever, yeah, uh, yeah. filter. <laughs> so 
um, to be completely forthright and honest, one of the reasons I never talked to any media outlets was it was not good for me. <laughs> I am just going to say the amount of exposure that I received and the amount of influx of conversations that I was having or was having about me between the internet and everything was not good for my psyche. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not handle it well. I, um, I, I text, um, because I, I posted, gave me his cell phone number that night, which that alone was very, very strange. But I texted him the next day. I was like, Hey man, um, people are, cause I mean, that was like his first really large face tattoo. Um, and I had a lot of people really upset that I tattooed the guy's face. And he had like barbed wire. He had the barbed wire on his forehead. And I think he had stay away kind of where I yeah. have Sienna. And, um, but I just wasn't used to it. And I had, it was kind of like an apprenticeship again, except it was the entire internet that was, <laughs> yeah. was coming at me. And, um, I, I really beat myself up over it, man. I, I didn't go to work for a week and that sounds really melodramatic, but I, I do take a lot of pride in my work and a lot of pride of what I do. And to have the entire, majority of the internet coming at me like that. I was just not ready for it. All of a sudden social media, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. So I text a post the next day and Jay and I was like, Hey, I'm, I just want to let you know, I'm, I, I, I'm catching a lot of shit for this and I'm, I'm just want to make sure everybody's happy with their tattoos. How are you healing? And they're like, Oh, I really love my tattoos. And yeah, um, post Malone's quote to me was the internet will hate it for a week and love it forever. So tell them to fuck off. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, and that's really strange cause that's exactly what happened, but it yeah. took all the way up until, um, I, I tattooed him the next year for me to get over that. And honestly, to be able to come here and talk to you guys and, um, to be able to be super proud of, of just the experience alone of being able to brush elbows with him and to, to hang out. And stuff. Yeah. So did he tattoo you the second time or the first time? So, Oh, um, I tattooed post Malone twice. Actually the first time I did. So I tattooed the always tired under his eyes. I, I actually expressed the exact concerns that we talked about earlier. I told him, I was like, Hey man, are you sure you want to do this? You are the a face right now. Like may the be the face currently. And are you sure you want to put this on your face? These are really big. And cause he, um, had picked out a script that he liked and we kind of adjusted it to what he wanted. And um, I said, are you sure you want this? Are you sure you want this? We waited until after he got off of, uh, after he performed and he came off stage and that's when we went ahead and did it. And, uh, when I, when I'd stenciled him and everything, I, I again reiterated everything, but then I also did a daedric helmet from Skyrim on his back shoulder because, because I didn't know what I was doing. I made like three flash sheets, which was that stuff where you just pick it out and you get that. Right. So, um, I had made some stuff that people could pick from if they wanted it. And, uh, so I did the always tired. I did the Daedric helmet. And when we were done, he was like, well, how much do I owe you for all this, man? <laughs> and I said, man, I'm, I am making memories out of this. I'm not really worried about it. I said, what I would like to do is have you tattoo me. And he was like, I don't know how to tattoo. And I said, all I want is a middle school S. And he's like, I can fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the one came from. Yep. That's He did that that night. And uh, that's hilarious. it was, it was super fucking cool. And, um, it was a very strange experience. Like I said, I was overwhelmed and like, uh, after tattooing Jay, um, post was about to go on the stage and, uh, I was like, all right, man, I'm going to head to my seat. I was going to say, you got to sh- see the show at some point, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. Have to put down the, uh, the equipment and go see the yeah. program. So, uh, after I tattooed Jay, we took a break, we played beer pong. We, we were, uh, we we're eating and stuff. And then he was like, I'm about to go on stage. I said, Oh, cool, man. I'm going to go ahead and head to my seats. And he was like, head to your seats. 
I was like, I got VIP. He's like, have you seen where the VIP tickets are here? And I was like, no. And he showed me, it was like way in the back. He's like, regardless, you're going to go side stage. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. And so I, I got to watch the show side stage, which was amazing. And literally it was overwhelming experience that kind of overshadows what's going on when I'm like, this is currently my life and I don't know what, how to handle it. So I left halfway through the show. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, I'm about to tattoo post Malone. I understand that I'm getting to watch this side stage, but I'd rather be back preparing for what I'm about to do. Right. So halfway through the show, uh, I I'd watched some of it, but then I went back and started designing his tattoo and everything. And, um, that's when he came back and, uh, he plopped down on the, on the couch and, uh, uh, he, I asked him, I was like, why always tired? I was like, and he was like, so maybe someone will listen is kind of what he said about it. And, um, he is just a young dude. He's working all the time. He's doing shows almost every night. And, um, he was just, he's like, I'm always tired. And I think that was kind of his way of just like reaching out and stuff. So the relationship has continued at least the next year you came back and you, you've become the, the, when they come through Indianapolis, they come and see you. Yeah. So, uh, when it came around the next year, um, that was a little bit, uh, less formal. Uh, I had him and Bobby's number and I text Bobby. I said, Hey man, um, if you're interested, if you want to get tattooed again, um, I'd be willing to come in, uh, way more prepared. I'll bring a second artist and, uh, we can do way more tattoos. We can have a good time and it's at a much larger venue. It was really crazy to see how much he'd blown up. Um, was it one year or two? Whatever the difference was, um, there was enough of a difference that I was like, "Wow, this this is a way different experience." Was it banker's life, or yeah, it was yeah. a banker's life. Yeah, and um, so uh, are you on the Olive Garden tour? Do you go to Olive Garden with him before you know as he comes to town? <laughs> no, but, you get the Italian dinner ahead of time. I also do love Olive Garden because they have a vegan minestrone <laughs> soup that is delicious. <laughs> and um, so I text Bobby and I asked him if they wanted tattoos and stuff. He's like, Oh, we hundred percent want to make this happen. Uh, just prepare everything. Be ready. Da, 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 da. Tried reaching out for what they wanted. Ah, I never got that either. But the, the day of the, the concert we'd been talking in between and he said, hit me up. We'll see if we can make it happen time wise. Hit me up. We can make it up at time wise. The day of, he texts me that morning and he's like, Hey man, we're not going to be able to do this. Time's just not, lining up correctly. It's becoming very difficult. And I said, I completely understand. Um, Oh, but he said, I am going to give you the, cause I said I had uh, me, Zach, and we had our uh, girlfriends, which worked as our assistants for this. They were doing paperwork. They were setting up for us so that we could do as many as we could. He said, I'm going to give you guys four pit passes just for how much you support us and everything. And I said, you really don't have to do that, but I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for just everything you've done in my life. Um, but I do have two human skulls. I was wanting to give the post Malone. So is there any way I can get backstage just to give him those? And his response was, man, how the fuck did you know he was going to want those? <laughs> <laughs> so he said, uh, text me at five o'clock. We'll see what we can get done. And, uh, we didn't know if anything was going to happen. Five o'clock rolls around. We actually went to a, a arcade cafe or arcade bar that was in Indy right around from Micker's life. Um, we're sitting there hanging out. We're, having a couple of drinks, five o'clock rolls around. I text him. He's like, go ahead and meet us at the loading docks. And I just like slammed my drink. I was like, all right guys, we are leaving right now. And, uh, we went and it was a much different experience. Um, I, it was, we were way more prepared in sense of what to expect. 
from from my side kind of that awestruck of like what is happening was it was still nerve-wracking don't get me wrong but it was definitely easier going into it the second round um it was much larger zach had went with me he tattooed his ass off he did a ton of tattoos there i think between the two of us we probably did 15 to 20 tattoos that night it's amazing and um when i was uh but when i so i tattooed tyler yahweh we were hanging out with some of those guys tattooing them and then we went to go hang out with post and um before we started tattooing, I kind of took him aside. We were kind of just uh, talking and snacking on food and stuff. I was like, Hey man, I need to ask, do you like your face tattoos? Like, cause it like for all this time, it's, it's been eating at you. Yeah. You've been worried about it. And, um, his response was, I love my face tattoos, man. And you created like one of the most iconic tattoos in these days. And, uh, he said, you're a big part of my life and it really means a lot. And that, subsided anything that anyone else could ever have said to me. And that's how I have to look at like when I'm tattooing any other client that's awesome. of like, if my client's happy with what they have, if my client got the tattoo that they desired, then that's what it's about. And, yep. um, it, it, it was just, again, just a amazing night. And post Malone is just such a good dude. He's very down to earth. Um, I did, I think I just did the one tattoo on him that night. I did a claymore on his shin. Mm-hmm. Um, tattooed Tyler Yahweh I think three or four times Zach tattooed him like three or four times and we tattooed a whole bunch of other people while we were there um we were there the first time I went I was there from three in the afternoon till three in the morning this time I went we were there from five in the afternoon till five in the morning um, not expecting even they thought it wasn't going to work right yeah and then they, you wind up going 12 hours going 12 hours uh and then I so when I showed him the human skulls there was this uh, I don't know if you guys heard about the time that like post had apparently touched this box that was haunted <laughs> and so he's kind of like he, he doesn't like bad juju <laughs> kind of thing and i showed him these two human skulls that i i bought from antiquity owners and uh, he was like you're gonna give those to me and i said oh, i'm gonna give one to you and one to bobby and uh, <laughs> you guys can take your pick and i had one that had um um blunt force trauma to the face so the cheek was completely gone what it was from i have no idea but it was missing a cheek and um he was like i'm gonna take the one that's not been beaten half to death uh, <laughs> i feel like that has better juju and he uh, i had named that one doug dug up and he just kept the name <laughs> and so hilarious. it was a it was a very surreal experience the entire thing um i did a very short um rolling stones interview and within that interview i pretty much told him the only way i'd be doing it if it was by email because i wanted time to uh write out my answers and everything and the only thing that I think they took from my interview was talking about the pain he experienced while getting under his eyes tattooed because he definitely did not enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. So with the Rolling Stone article, I went down, um, we were on vacation in Fort Myers beach and I went to a tattoo studio there and, uh, I just had some script done on the back side of the ankle mm-hmm. that Zach had tattooed the front side. And I'm talking to the lady and she's like, you know, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Newcastle, Indiana. I was like, it's a really small town, but actually uh, we just had a local tattoo artist that tattooed Post Malone's face. And she was like, is it, uh, was it his name Chad or something like that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she was like, uh, my name is Dow Hakuana. And she said, uh, she was like, I'm in the same Rolling Stone article. Really? And I was like, no joke. And so she pulls up the article and uh, she's reading it. She is quoted in the Rolling Stone article as Lil Wayne's personal tattoo artist who popularized face tattoos in the rap world. 
that's super fucking cool. I, I, Isn't that like that's so you you're talking about how like it blew up. This this lady in Fort Myers Beach was like, yeah, his name's Chad, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, it's it's strange, man. Because I mean, like you said, I'm I'm from a small town, and I definitely don't see myself as any time kind of celebrity. But it's definitely for a small town when there's not much that's happened here. I mean, that it's definitely uh, going places where. I'm not having people at least like know who I am is, is very new and strange, but it's a, it's super, super, uh, I, I can't think of the word. It means a lot to me that so many people really enjoy my work and enjoy what I've done. Um, and so many people support us in the shop and the shop has r- flourished and has gotten a lot of exposure from, I mean, the, the, experience. the three biggest things to happen in Newcastle is Steve Alford, you tattooing post Malone and Shia LaBeouf huffing, uh, hitchhiking through <laughs> yeah, town. So, I mean, I think that's, the, that is the Mount Rushmore of hey, Newcastle. Don't hey. you forget about Freebird <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the Newcastle Turkey, which we take full credit for. Kent Benson. <laughs> and of course, Kent Benson. Come on. We, he was a guest. So which, which tattoo did, uh, did this artist do on you? She did a, she just did another script from, uh, from Marcus Aurelius meditations. And it says that remember all is opinion. So I think it fits well with the Leviticus tattoo. That's super cool. I really enjoy that. Well, very good. All right. So this is the time of the show where we start to uh, wrap up and work on final thoughts. We, uh, we work our way through the room, give everybody a chance to promote whatever they meant to. If we forgot to cover something, we, uh, we get into that and normally chase at that point starts to talk on the show and he'll take a half an hour. So we'll start with Guffy <laughs> and then we'll work our way back around. Uh, just local news. I mean, obviously we all know that the street department, uh, here in Newcastle has burned down. We've lost the majority of our trash trucks, snow plows, stuff like that. So I assume we lost all of our new toters. I probably, I don't know if they were in the building. The hot uh, box. The oh, hot wow. box. The it's roller, a, a true hot box, not the thing that teenagers do, but the true hot box is gone. Yeah. So, you know, if you live in Newcastle, just be patient. They're going to do the best they can. Uh, they'll get it figured out. The council will work, do what they got to do. Did we, uh, I, I only saw a short article. Did they ever disclose what could have caused it? Um, I heard whispers that it was foul play, but I have no idea if there's anything Anything that's beyond speculation about? Uh, nope. Uh, I have heard no. I've confirmed. heard. I've heard jokes, but no answers. Yes. Yeah. Jokes. But no answers. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a very contentious article in the paper on Monday, and then there was a fire on Tuesday. So that that is correct. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than that, I, I, once again, I have jokes and no answers, so I don't know. Other than that, I don't really have anything. Um, just well wishes for everybody. That's it. All right. All right, a couple things. So <laughs> the clock I, starts now. When I first got my tattoo, it was funny because, like I said before, I was scared to death at first. I go in there. I was hoping there would be no one there. There were a couple people there, and I'm, I'm going to go get my tattoo. And the guy, there's a guy getting a tattoo right next to me. Four year old man, like bald. He's getting a head tattoo, which freaked me out. And he was like in some. <laughs> Is metal getting, band that was torn around Europe. I was like, what? He's what not the getting fuck the, am I he's, doing? He's, he's not getting the lawnmower. Getting no, his I'm spot. getting this Bible verse on my chest, and he's getting this head tattoo. And I'm like, I am not supposed to be here. But it, it was so cool. And then uh, I have two questions for you, real quick. Have you ever Shoot. tattooed a vagine or a butthole? I have not tattooed either of those, any kind of private general area. Are there, like are there parts that are off limits to you? Like you're like, ah, no. 
Not necessarily. Um, uh, what I tell people and the reason, cause I've had people ask for them, but no one nah. wants to pay for my handling fee. Cause I have, <laughs> I do not have a desire to do any of those tattoos. So, uh, um, it starts well. at $300 for me to do a <laughs> tattoo plus the charge of the tattoo. And some dude wanted shorty across the head of his penis at one point, And I told him <laughs> it would be probably $350. And he had, he lost his interest really quickly. And now um, you have some catching up. To so wait a second. You're telling me for $350, <laughs> I could get my penis tattooed. You are correct, sir. Depending on what you'd like. If you want shorty on the head of your <laughs> penis, we can talk. Hey brother, <laughs> we good right now. <laughs> You have you have you're on Venmo. Up. <laughs> I do have Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, and Facebook Pay. If you were interested to schedule now, an appointment that way, Dow. I asked I asked her what uh, the strangest thing that she did to Lil Wayne was, uh-huh. and she said that at the end of her career with him, he'd ran out of room, and he's tattooed everywhere pretty much now. Oh, wow, yeah, so that's like, super cool. What do you mean by that? And she was like, I tattooed his butt crack. And I also tattooed his scrotum. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, Man, that yeah. suck. Well, you I, really I mean, are out of real estate at that point. I mean, I've, I've tattooed butt cheeks, full butt cheeks. Um, and I've definitely done like stomach tattoos that go down a little bit. Um, and like I have done. Where the, where the hair starts to fill. I've done in. pubis tattoos, yeah. which is like the, mm-hmm. the upper portion. Um, but I've never tattooed actual like labia menorahs or majoras and stuff like that chase or, you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> female parts chase female parts um i've also never tattooed G-spot? a penis because no one is <laughs> just an that. arrow just an arrow pointing to it is all chase is looking for um probably the biggest butt cheek tattoos i did and i didn't think the guy was serious about it was it was a guy in the military he wanted me to tattoo um a pair of skeleton hands holding his ass um, one was flipping them off. So I did, I mean, these hands were bigger than mine. I did them huge on this dude's entire ass as if the skeleton hands were grabbing him and there was one flipping it off and he was happy. Oh dude, he was stoked and he paid good money. He was very, he sat very well for a very shitty tattoo. And I mean, there's no good way to get that area tattooed. So he definitely was showing some people his, his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> In your shop that has no general amount of privacy. We, uh, we do have uh, <laughs> we have a, a private room that's for piercings. That if we're doing a volatile tattoo, we can go there. But we also have uh, separation shields that you sometimes see, at, like massage parlors and stuff that we will mm. use to uh, create partisans and everything. The piercing business, I assume, has mm-hmm. some uh, uh, some more private. Very much. Work it, done. It ha- we we make sure no matter where we've been that the piercing booth is a booth. Um, yeah. Even before, so we built the room for it, but before we did that, the piercing booth was a part of the shop that we had built where there could be a drop curtain that was dropped completely for different kind of private piercings because that is way more common than much more tattoos. sensitive than yeah. uh, than tattoos. The Jason Prince second, Albert, <laughs> the second part of your uh, are you done? Is that, that was it. I was you ever watching Master? I actually uh, watched most of it. My mom loves to watch it with me. Um, she had, it's so I actually know a good amount of people that have been on there. Um, because like I said, the tattoo community is small. Yeah. One of my good friends, Dane Smith and April stead, they're from Indianapolis and they were on it quite recently, I believe last yes. season. Yeah. Um, they're super good people. Um, so my mom, um, loves to watch it with me cause I do know, uh, yeah. a good amount of them. And, uh, she's definitely 
piqued her interest that she wants me to go on there and stuff. <laughs> and I'm not sure how I, I feel about all that, but yes, I do watch it. And I actually enjoy the, what it is now. Yeah. Um, it's definitely evolved into, there are a lot of really amazing artists on there so much. So there's some artists that I'm like, should you be on here? Because they are so good. Um, yeah. Kelly Doty, Ryan Ashley. These are uh, Kelly Doty literally frontiered an entire style of tattooing. And I was Listen, like, dude, you can get on there in a heartbeat. All you have to do is email those producers and say, I've tattooed post Malone multiple times and they'll go, Oh, you're we, right. They have would, a guy here. But the thing is, and I don't know, I, I don't want to sound weird when I say this. I don't want to ride that, that train yeah. in yeah. the sense of, uh, you want your own identity, not just based upon, Yes. That. Uh, so like I, I have posted like I've tattooed post Malone or, but anytime I do, um, guest spot applications or anything like that, I never necessarily include that yeah. because that was an amazing experience for me. And my, I mean, that is an amazing accolade that I will always a memory of how for the rest of my life, but it's not something that I want. I don't want to be given opportunities because of that opportunity I once had. I'd rather do it because of the work I continue to do and the art that I'm making for it to speak for it. All right. So let's, hmm. uh, it's, this is your crack at final thoughts. I guess promote the shop. If people want to schedule with you, if you have anything else that we left out that we needed to cover. Okay. The um, floor is yours. Oh man. Um, I guess something that I, I really wanted to push out there is, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 26 years old and the guys who, open the shop with me. We're all under 30. And, uh, if you are serious about opening a small business within your town, really devote a lot of thought into it, devote a lot of time into it. And, and, but don't be afraid to go about the proper paths to make that happen. And don't be afraid to take the chance because there's a lot of people that I know are very unhappy in the life that they're having. And they have a passion that they could make a, a livelihood out of, but they have a lot of, um, reservations due to the the unknown of opening a business and um you'll never know what could have happened with it um if you don't try it and it it will always uh you'll always have that oppor- that amazing memory if you're able to do it and go about it the right way just don't jump into it head first devote time uh, efforts really do a lot of research but um i see a lot of young people that are really afraid to get in a small business because of they have this idea that it's impossible and just really uh, put your head to it and don't like, don't give up on that dream. Um, as far as like, if you're wanting to schedule with me, if you're interested in getting tattooed by me or anyone at the shop, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, on Facebook, it's Chad Elwood row. Um, on Instagram, it's at Chad row tattoos. Um, you can also email me at Chad booking at gmail.com. Um, like they said, and we talked about, I am booking anywhere from December to January to February. Um, if you're just interested in getting a tattoo and you're interested in our shop uh, as a whole, you're welcome to hit up Underdog's Tattoo Gallery Facebook page, and we can try and direct you to a tattooer that best fits the style you want. Um, uh, aside from that, thank you guys so much for having me, and it's been a pleasure like, talking to you guys and everything. Well, it's been exciting to have you with us today. Right. First of all, Chad, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, man. And second of all, the Libertarian Party of Henry County is having our annual convention this coming Saturday. Ticket sales stop tomorrow. Uh, make sure you buy your ticket to get in for the convention because uh, that's how we pay for the food to have it catered. That's how they know how Dakota knows how much food to order as well. I already ordered the food. 
So hopefully we break even. I did not. <laughs> I didn't want to play it any closer. But we're having Buffalo Wild Wings, and it's going to be good. Um, and then also thank you to John Phillips again because he set me up with a good deal. Go see him, Andy Moore, Buke, and GMC and Fishers. Um, now your job is to get him set up with that cover-up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let me know. Your car dealer wants a cover-up. It's you you got to get him the hookup. you got to get him set. Yeah, shoot me a message. Uh, you right. said his name is John? John. John Phillips. John, shoot me a message, man. We'll see what we can do. I, I'm been trying to get, make sure that my messages get um, taken care of as soon as possible. Um, my lovely girlfriend is my assistant and she takes care of everything, but she also just had surgery. So she's been down for a couple days. So. Ooh. Very cool. Anything else to go to? That's it. All right. Two things on my side real quick. Uh, there's an indie star poll that our town has to win. Uh, Newcastle versus New- Washington. Newcastle versus Washington. I voted the greatest, four times. The greatest high school basketball all-time roster. It's uh, all of the Newcastle players versus the Zeller family and a few more out of Washington, Indiana. Newcastle is leading. You go to IndyStar.com and, and look for the, uh, the Are we leading greatest. now? We are leading again. 17,000 votes to 13,000 votes. Cow. Newcastle is winning. And this is the final. This is the end. Listen, if you That's go wild. incognito, you can vote click go back to the poll and you can vote again up to 25 times you wait like four minutes and you can do it again <laughs> i voted four times like i went out of my way to vote four different times as rex bell says keep voting until they make you stop uh so that's that one and then i gotta give a uh, a, a shout out to my friend pat bremer uh pat and speedway uh, I'm, i've known pat for 15 years on the internet we've hung out about three times he's a camping guy he's a racing fan and he's also a travel enthusiast. He's got this blog, uh, small trailer enthusiast or a website, small trailer enthusiast.com. Uh, he's, uh, he goes and takes these massive road trips and his summer vacation this year is in the black Hills of South Dakota. My family, my mom, my grandparents are from uh, somewhere the, the in Badlands, the black, Hills of Dakota. The, the black, the black Hills of South Dakota. My grandparents, uh, my, my grandfather ranched as a kid in scenic South Dakota and I'm like, hey, I sent him a text. I saw he was out there. I'm like, hey, just so you know, you know, if you come across a little map dot of a town called Scenic, that's what my grandparents were from, kind of shared a couple stories with him. He's like, yesterday I get this message from him. He's like, hey, I'm in Scenic. I'm like, kidding me? You're on your family vacation, and you went 60 miles from Rapid City to go show up at this place on your, on your tour of the Badlands. You could say he took the Scenic route. He took the Scenic route. And then he's like, exactly, you know, I'm like, hey, well, I get a picture in the jail. There's a little town jail. It's a ghost town at this point. Nobody lives mm-hmm. there. Uh, or very few people live there. It's like so Sean. It's, it's it's truly like animal bones on the roof of the saloon. It's like it's, Metamora. It, it's, oh, that's cool. This it, is old school. Uh, so he goes, he gets a picture with his grandkid in the uh, in in the town jail. And I'm like somewhere I've got to, I've got to dig it up. There's a picture of me in the you know, as a as a ten year old standing in the same jail cell. And I'm like, well, my grandparents are buried a mile up the road or whatever. He drove out to the cemetery. And found a picture of my grandparents' grave or whatever and posted all these pictures. He took all these pictures and made this little album and posted and tagged me yesterday. So check it out. Pat Bremer, amazing friend. I can't believe he went 50 miles out of his way on his family vacation to go to scenic <laughs> South Dakota. Dad, and why are take we going these, to the cemetery? Exactly. To drive out to this, to this. I'm like, I don't even think the cemetery is going to be open. I'm pretty sure that when somebody dies, they mow the grass to let you in. I don't think the gate is open. I'm like, the whole thing. I'm like, this is not like going to the Newcastle Cemetery. This is like off the beaten path ghost town nothingness um but he did he went there and it was uh, it was crazy so awesome. uh amazing so i anyway shout out to pat thank you guys very much for supporting the show incredibly happy that uh, that chad joined us tonight 
we will be back next week, Thursday. Don't know what we're talking about yet, but episode 166, Thursday night, next week, 7 o'clock. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.